get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. To arrive, the number of the day is five. five. Here, let's try that again. The number of the day scheduled to arrive. The number of the day is five. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker, and your red hot St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, 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 here we go. Yeah, don't trade anyone, right, guys? Whoa. Oh, um, Brooke. What about this? Okay, I know you don't want to trade anyone because okay. you like the chemistry, you like the vibe, the I, way they, things are going here. They love each other and they're proving they it. I love a good love story. But a guy <laughs> who's not feeling the love right now, but is still kind of highly regarded that somebody else could find some love for, okay. is named Matthew Libertor. Okay. I mentioned yesterday, and I don't think it's a coinkadink, that the Cardinals have left number 31 out there. They could have given number 31 to Ryan Tapera. Did they? No. no. They could have given number 31 to Chris Stratton last year. Did they? No. Why? Because there's a guy who's always worn number 31. He wore 31 at Parkway Central. He wore 31 at the University of Missouri. Okay. He wore 31 with the Arizona Diamondbacks and with the Detroit Tigers. He had to wear 21 Washington with the Nationals. Mets. Washington Nationals. He was number 31. Mm-hmm. Matthew mm-hmm. Lubertor for Max Emilian Scherzer. I think he might be Maximus, actually. I like Maximus. Maximus. It's one of my Maximus. favorite movies, too. There you well, go. and not just a million. How many million? 43. Uh, is he worth? Uh, f- uh, yeah, 43 and a half. 43. Oh. So let's get him. Let's get him. Okay, so the Cardinals <laughs> win yesterday. Uh, they knock off the Marlins. They sweep the Marlins 6-4. to four. The Cardinals are now 43-53. and 53. I will have you know that at one point the Cardinals were 10-24. and 24. And now they're 43 and 53, which means since that 10 and 24 start, they're four games over 500, which is in the National League Central division winning ball. Uh, second half, I mean, if, <laughs> yep. Rand, if we could do Jeff Fisher, you, we talked about it before. Yeah. Uh-huh. He canceled. He said he called the commissioner. They canceled those first four games yep. of the season, didn't? Uh, and so the the Rams were starting anew. Mm-hmm. If if Marmol and 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 the Pobo John Mozela could give a call to the old commish and say, you know, that first half wasn't our best baseball. We weren't really ready. We had the World Baseball Classic yep. to deal with. Oh, we were still big. getting our feet up under us. Can we just cancel that first? half yep. and start anew start right now carrie i love your thought process okay yeah. but all they need to do is just go to the big boss because buster only has called bill dewitt jr the godfather of baseball mm. do, 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 do. <laughs> tell bill dewitt to give rob manfred an offer he can't refuse no well, <laughs> you know just wipe it away you know? yeah, yeah. i'm with that okay we, we got it going here uh the cardinals yesterday first inning against some scrub named sandy alcantara <laughs> who's that guy <laughs> yeah but we got nolan yeah, arnado yeah. on our side driven to right field that's a base hit goalies are out there they're gonna wave it here comes sanchez's throw it's gonna be on target it's gonna be 
nothing Cardinals. There you go, Chip, on Bally Sports. They weren't done yet, though. You got Lars Newtbar aboard. You got Nolan Arenado aboard. And you got Kerry's guy at the plate. Swing, fly ball center. Myers on his horse. Going back, track ball. It's gone. Three-run homer for Gorman. And it was 4-0. The Marlins closed it within 4-2. Cardinals built it up to 6-2. 6-4 game in the ninth inning. Fly ball right. Burleson's there. How sweep it is. The Cardinals take care of the Marlins. 6-4 is your final score. What a homestand for the Redbirds. They are spectacular now. Brendan Donovan goes one for five with a run score. Goldie gets a base hit with a run scored. Newt Barr with a base hit, a couple of runs. You had Nolan Arnauto going two for four, his batting average up to 288. Gorman with the home run goes two for four with the four ribs. And again, the pitching is solid. Dakota Hudson, uh, if he goes twice as many innings, he's got a quality start. Uh, he does go three, though. Uh, some guy named Zach Thompson pitched. Who is that? You, I he, never I, heard of him. He pitched in a long time. Yeah. Is this his, where did he come from? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, I'm is he a starter? Point is of procedure ready. Yeah. Uh, how is Dakota Hudson going to uh, go six innings when it took him 66 pitches to go three? That would be 100 and 134. Yeah. Uh, 132. Okay, 132. Fine. It's cool. Uh, do it. Nolan Ryan did it all the time. All right. right. What are we talking about? So, and, and he'd also he'd also get two strikeouts in those six innings. Well, maybe. Possibly. How many walks? Zero. Zero. Oh, and there you go. Yeah, two straight. Now you're now no you're now you're cooking. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, walking, so Zach anybody. Thompson pitching for the first time, I think, since 2014. <laughs> uh, pitched two strong innings. I haven't seen him in a while. Yep. Uh, no. Palante with a shutout inning in two thirds. Ryan Tapera, who they didn't give 31 to, allows a run. So he's been consistent in his card allowed. That's not the consistency we're looking <laughs> no, for. I'm just saying he was consistent. And Chris Stratton comes on in the ninth to finish things out. And the Cardinals win it by a score of 6-4. to four. They're in Chicago tonight to take on the Cubbies. And as the Cardinals start this series, as we mentioned, they're getting closer to... 500. They're 43 and 53. Eh, still 10 games behind the Brewers in the division, but that's just a, an aside at this point. That, that doesn't matter. You've been 10 and a half back later. When your offense is red hot, what is it? They scored a combined 39 runs mm-hmm. in six games. Yeah. 39. Who needs to pitch? And then, oh, well, and, but, then, but then your pitching also come together because, once again, guys, powered by love. Hmm. Powered by mm-hmm. love. Love is what they've been missing. In the first half of the season. That's what it is. Uh, is that it? Is, uh, that, is that the secret sauce? Is that nine the recipe? consecutive games without a starter allowing first inning runs. That seems important. Kind of. <laughs> kind of important. Yeah. I, that I was, was brought to you by love. I was yeah. listening to, to Ali after the game, post game, and he talked about the, the ability for their starters and their relievers to pitch well. And... During this season, you, you you had one or the other. You have had one or the other. You talked about the starting pitching and allowing so many runs in the first inning. You've talked about the number of blown saves to end games or at the end of games. It's a combination of, of both of those parties not performing well. Mm-hmm. And when you're getting that good pitching, you have an opportunity to win games. This lineup is going to hit at some point, and they're, they're turning it on. So, you know, just the pitching and the inability to be consistent has been the problem all season. The Cardinals win! The Cardinals are coming! Tra-la-la-la-la-la! The Cardinals are coming! Tra-la-la-la-la! 
The coffees are going tra la tra la. Look out on the mess, tra la tra la. The cardinals are coming, tra la tra la. The coffees are saying. Uh, the Cubbies are the next opponent for your St. Louis Cubs. Here, there's the thing. Three and a half back of the Cubs, mm-hmm. you could be in third place at the end of this series. You could. And, be oh, by the way, only glorious. two and a half behind those Mets in the division. Uh, so, yeah, the Cardinals are, are We, start, we need to start Trilla. looking at the wild card standings here <laughs> okay. shortly. Oh, now let's okay. get to a little <laughs> bit of reality. <laughs> oh, I, I mentioned uh, this two uh, weeks ago. Okay. Don't believe anything you see for the rest of the uh, season because right. once you realize that... It's not going to happen. Uh, one, once you accept your fate, then things tend to loosen up a little bit. Here's what will happen. If the Cardinals start to feel it and they get into a wild card race, they'll tense up again and suck again. Uh, you're going to f- win 40, or you're going to win 60, you're going to lose 60. It's what do you do with the other 42 games that count. And the Cardinals are going to win 60, and they're going to lose 60, and you get to beat up on the Nationals, and the Marlins were a nice little story. But at the end of the day, can the Cardinals compete with the best teams in the in the National League? No. Now, might, might their schedule work in their favor for a while? Yes, but not for the long term. I, I agree. I think that it's it's very nice to have this moment, and it feels great. I love you it. You just wish that you would have seen it, I don't know, maybe for four months mm-hmm. Even prior. Three. I mean, three, just, just a little bit sooner than this, because... I think for John Mozeliak to go out there and address the media members and say, look, like we are going to have to move some pieces. I think that says a lot of what he even sees, that Mm -hmm. it's not just us. It's not just the fans being frustrated or the media being frustrated. They're also seeing some things as well where you have to turn the page and look ahead to 2024. Of course, you want these guys to keep trying and they will keep trying. And maybe it is some of that alleviated pressure that is allowing them to play like they're playing right now but there's still so many things that you have to address moving forward that you can't just say well we'll just leave it as it is and just see where this goes that's why i say don't trust it carrie well i i I don't know if it's alleviated pressure i think it might be more pressure now than what they've placed on themselves prior to because miles michael has said it we have to play better or our friends aren't going Mm -hmm. to be here and i don't know they do that earlier then i don't know if something (laughs) just finally oh oh we stink stink like Mm -hmm. we're really bad like i think that this team has felt the entire because of the division that they're in oh we're we're good i mean we're Mm -hmm. we're 12 games back but so what they said that for a long time they said it for a long time it's not we're not panicking we're not pressing oh wait yeah, we are getting to the latter half of the of the season, and we probably should play better. And again, if we don't, we know the realistic ex- expectations is somebody's going to be gone. Somebody's going to be out of here, and someone wearing that jersey is going to be a new person in that jersey, in that number. So we have to play better, and I think you're starting to see more attention to detail, which That's the most frustrating part for me because I've said all season long, it is on the players, the lack of attention to detail, the 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 inability to finish games, the inability to hit in timely moments. That's the players. Mm -hmm. And now all of the things that you were not seeing in the first half, you're starting to see now, which it frustrates the hell out of me. And it would frustrate the hell out of me if I was the coach, the manager. I I would be like, well, what the hell are you guys doing? What are you waiting on? That's what I'm saying. It's like, where was that, you know, desire to keep your teammates around a little bit sooner? That's my question. Somebody from the 636 texted in, Randy, we won in 06 and 11, two of the four worst teams, and we took took to the playoffs in the past 20 years. You're right. I would argue that Tony LaRusso's two worst playoff teams were 06 and 11. (laughs) 
so yeah. How much did injuries have a factor into? Oh, six, especially? A lot. Yeah, okay. they, they walked into that clubhouse in San Diego and saw their lineup and said, yeah, you know what? It looks pretty good. And then they went out. Ronnie Belliard made a play. Jim Edmonds gives a game ball, and all of a sudden everything's off and running for 06. 11, they got hot in September. It was, and uh, yeah. who was it? It was Kyle McClellan, right? Mentioned the Carpenter meeting the other day. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got a leader of that stature saying, hey, let's just not embarrass ourselves. Let's not embarrass our organization. Let's not em- embarrass our city. Let's not embarrass our fans. And you've got Carpenter with the gravelly voice, the, t- t- the Clint Eastwood. I mean, you've literally got Clint Eastwood in your clubhouse <laughs> saying, hey, let's, let's not embarrass ourselves. <laughs> So, just a, a different animal altogether. Who's our Clint Eastwood here on this team? Um, That's what they need. Mm, the, uh, yeah, Miles Michaelis likes to dress up as a cowboy. He kind of does. Yeah, but he's yeah. Got, you got to be. Here's yeah. what you need. You need somebody <laughs> that, that, that can say with qualification to another team, so do you feel lucky, punk? Yeah. Well, yeah. do you? Do you? And I, I don't think we have that guy. You have to line. have hmm? Lance Lynn. The, yeah, that's what you need. He's not here. Uh, you he, have to have. Is he, is he here already? You really what? have to have. In, in locker rooms, and this is this is going to sound, you have to have someone, not a bunch of people, but someone that is willing to punch someone else in the face. Bingo. Not that you want to punch your teammate in the face, but if I have to punch you in the face, I will in order for us to succeed. That I, I and I still love you. It's it's like a little brother or a big brother. You sometimes oh. fight because they aren't doing the things they need to do to make the house successful. Like, we're not cleaning up yes. right, and now we're going to get in trouble. Punch you in the face. Now you good? Let's clean up correctly. I thought this was Yachty willing to punch Brandon Phillips in the face. Well, you punch, <laughs> yeah. punch. You definitely punch yeah. opponents in the face. Well, and that's one thing we have. Michelle always made this point, and it's so valid. Michelle Smallman, when she was on the show, and we don't have this. Maybe this is all we need. Do you ever mess? And Carrie, you you can. I don't, am I going to mess around with a guy with neck tats? No, <laughs> I'm not. You never mess around it's... with a guy with neck tats. Adam has said that on the show. You don't mess mm. around with a guy that has neck tats. So, a requirement moving forward is they look to bring a new talent at least one neck tattoo, or just make that a part of the contract. You got to get a neck tattoo. Just to show, just so people know not to mess with you. And when you speak, they, they kind of do what you say. I want to see Tommy ahead. Edmund. Make my day. Yeah. I want to see Tommy Edmund with a neck tattoo. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's our guy. That's that's, that's one the, that fits that's, that, right? That's the play, yes. I think, you know what? Tommy, because people would probably misjudge him based on his yeah. stature. I'm like, oh, this little And then he just snaps. Yeah. He and Stubby could go in together because we know oh. Stubby's tough. Yeah. So- Somebody just ask Pete, Pete Alonso. Yeah, yeah, I was like, just ask Pete. Exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite moments. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN with uh, Carrie Davis and Brooke Grimsley. I'm Randy Carricker. You can watch us on the old YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. YouTube.com and then just type in 101 ESPN STL. And uh, Matthew Rocchio is making those cameras work. Are they doing uh, cameras working good today? I yeah, they look great. You okay. just got to warn me when you're going to stand up, Randy. Why? Because <laughs> I look different? It, it, it it's takes just you, my it, shirt? Yeah, well, no one can see your forehead. Oh, well, I didn't stand don't up. Don't the cameras I, move I, I, or you move them? No, they, they have to they do don't, yeah, we, uh, they, they, they told us they move on their own. Okay. No, so here's they my just move on their own. No one ever said it. They didn't explain it. Could you imagine if you're walking around the room and it just moves with you? slowly follows you. So you're still during the fight yesterday and it kind of took you out of frame. So we just got to watch that. And then when I come back from the fight, I stand. Have, yeah, we just got to tilt it up. I need to stand to think. That's, that's, just, that's how your brain power works. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a stage direction now that we have all these cameras. This is the thing you you add layers. For the preponderance of three hours, I don't think a bit on this show. But at (laughs) 835 or 837, I do. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! We have sick of it or sick of it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN presented by Dobbs tire and auto centers. ESPN, get your text in now to play some kind of a game. Sick of it. It's a product of uh, now Phoenix son Bradley Beal. I wonder if he's uh, if he's too hot yet because it, it apparently doesn't get below like ninety be. degrees and it's like one hundred and thirty degrees every day in Phoenix. Brad, he's gonna be hotter come November. October, oh, yeah. November when he ain't scoring. Well, oh. he was scoring in Washington and they weren't winning, and so one ninety scores forty seven and the the. The Wizards lost their sixth or seventh in a row, and his wife went to the Twitter machine and just typed in three words that spawned a segment. And the three words were, sick of it, because he was scoring 47 and they were losing. That's beautiful. Uh, Here's the thing. (laughs) All right. Here's what I'm sick of. Las Vegas police. Let's let's get on your game a little bit. Search warrants. uh, uh, executed in connection to murder of Tupac Shakur. Oh, man. Oh. I'm sick of this investigation still going on. Well, Didn't I want die, like, answers. You, you, I you, think we have answers. Murders don't, you know, that there is no uh, statute of limitations. Didn't Shook get him? It wasn't Shook. Shook got shot. You got right in, oh, hey, in, in the same vehicle. Hey, I don't Randy, know that's the perfect cover up. That's a perfect alibi. You get shot yourself. 30 years ago, Vegas police. Hey, no way. Vegas police, 30 years ago, and you're executing a search warrant now. Uh, huh? This is an investigation. Sick of it. Have you, have you, I watch, I like to watch um, Law and Order, SVU. Uh-huh. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, they have the cold case files where they, uh-huh. that's my, hey, that's my show. I, I will, um, I've watched I love it. all Who's 20. your favorite ADA? Oh, right now, you know what? I like Raphael Barba. That that was my favorite. Um, I like Carisi right now. He's okay. he's, he's the man. But uh, so um, Barba was, Connie Connie Ruberosa was my favorite. Really? Yeah, assistant district. Barba was my was my guy. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what I'm sick of, Randy? We were just talking in the break about the. Uh, you know, I love you guys. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I I appreciate waking up every morning and spending three hours plus with you all. You all are amazing people. Some of the best people on the on the earth. I feel a butt coming up. Here. However, <laughs> however, I'm sick of not winning the damn lottery. One billion dollars, I, I I promise you, I wouldn't. Well, I would change my number, but you all would get it. I, I would, I would change my number. But <laughs> I'm sick of coming to work every day knowing that I didn't win the lottery, and somebody in Los Angeles, California, won so, one billion, one billion yeah, dollars. If you guys didn't see last night, somebody did. 
they won a billion dollars. And I just, I'm saying a little bit of a conspiracy theory. <sighs> Wasn't California the last place that somebody also won the billion with the yeah. jackpot? Uh, I don't, I can't, and the I can't taxes do that. are really high, so Callie yeah. gets a nice chunk of change with that. I don't, don't want to do that. There's something I wanna, suspicious. I don't want to do the conspiracy theory. I love a good conspiracy I, theory. I can't. I, just, I, where it makes sense. Yep. Not not when it's crazy lizard people. I'm out on those. The <laughs> odds are one in 292 million, right? Okay. So you're Stan Kroenke and you have $13.5 billion. You say, you know what? I'll just buy every combination of 292 million. I feel like I feel like maybe there should be a cutoff. If you're already worth a lot, then maybe you shouldn't mm. be allowed to. And I'm sure he yeah. doesn't even worry about it, right? Uh, he not. doesn't worry about many He's things. probably like lining up every day. Like getting you get an extra billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> billion you know, dollars. What I'm sick of, guys, I have two quick things. One, one, the first one being, I am so tired of seeing these stupid trade rumors where it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, maybe there's just like a hint of sense. But a few weeks ago, everybody was high on Nolan Arenado possibly getting traded. He was never going to get traded. I think Paul Goldschmidt, you could say, possibly that was in the realm of possibilities. Nolan Arenado, absolutely no way was getting traded. And there was people like, you know, putting him in a Yankees uniform. And it's just, it's so crazy looking and to have that on social media. And then last night I get on social media and I see Shohei Otani in a Reds uniform. And I'm like, in what universe would this be happening in? <laughs> that Shohei Otani is going to go to Cincinnati. I get that possibly he could be, you know, a rental player. There's no way that he's going to Cincinnati no. and eating Skyline Chili, right? That's a great point. He'll, that, yeah, mm. he'll just avoid the Skyline Chili altogether. Is he just terrible? wouldn't show up. Most people do not like it, except mm. it's kind of like emos here. Okay. It's, uh, most people from outside of Cincinnati don't like it. People in Cincinnati are really proud of it. Same, okay. same with emos. Okay. Yeah. Everybody should love emos. Everybody has their thing. My, yeah. my second thing that I'm sick of, that just real quick, I'm sick of fake kidnappings. Uh, and we're talking about we're talking about crime stories, different things like that. This past weekend, if if you guys haven't been keeping up, it's a very interesting story where a woman said she saw a toddler on the side of the highway and then she went missing for forty eight hours. Uh, it's yeah. it wasn't real. Yeah, she she was googling Amber Alerts and <laughs> she was googling keywords taken. for being kidnapped and yeah. <laughs> I just it's unfortunate. I don't get it. It's, it's unfortunate. <laughs> Supposedly, she wanted to get back at her ex boyfriend. Is what is what the rumor on the street is. Uh, that went Carly Russell. Hmm. Well, she, yeah, it went. It did not it go great. Go well, she's, you think you go to jail for that? Filing a, uh, uh, I don't know if you well, did she, she didn't file should. the report, did she? You should. You should. I think the Papini I was telling you guys about the other woman who faked her kidnapping. She had to go to jail yeah. I believe yeah, you should go to jail for something like that I think it'd be funny if there was if somebody did like a fake kidnapping like that and then nobody called the police or anything why is nobody talking about me <laughs> no one cares unfortunately uh, Matthew what do you got on the text line we got a good pair right here so I'm gonna read the first one sick of it Kool-Aid drinking STL fans Oh, I love Kool-Aid. The red Kool-Aid is the best. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, my, cool, uh, my favorite Kool-Aid is the one who plays for Alabama. No. Uh, yeah. Kool-Aid McKinstry. Mm-hmm. Mm. The cornerback. Why do you not like Kool-Aid? Who could not like Kool-Aid? I, I, I like Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid is find it delicious. I haven't um, had it in a long time. You say, I'm proud of you too, Randy. You said red because that's what yeah, we call, we call it. We don't, we don't name it flavors. We call it the colors. Yep. What's that? <laughs> What's that purple, purple stuff? <laughs> that purple Gatorade <laughs> over there. Purple, purple, purple Kool-Aid. Drink. Yep, that's it. Um, 
And on the other side, it's I'm sick of Cardinal fans that have given up on this team. We have 13 games left against Cincinnati and Milwaukee all in September. Of our next 41 games, 29 of them are against below 500 teams. That leads us right into division games September against Cincy and Milwaukee. I'm telling you right now, we can win this week division. Hmm. I love it. That's what I'm talking about. I I don't. Boo! We won five in a row, Randy. Isn't that our longest win streak of the season? Uh, that would Sorry. be the longest. No, longest tie for the longest. Yeah, I, I, no, I think it is the, the longest. Yeah. So they, they'd only they'd only ever had four game win streaks up until yesterday. That's Look something. At us. Hmm? We're gonna run out of numbers here for the number of the day. Oh, I don't well, think what so. What number do we get to? Twelve? I think we can go higher. I think we, there might be like a yeah, <laughs> twelve yeah, probably. That's right. I don't, we'll come up with. We something. haven't gone higher than twelve. My I don't think. Of Sesame Street's not yeah. that deep anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, so sick of motorcycles bobbing and weaving in traffic, cutting the line to jump out front at a stoplight. Um, what happened to the kid on 270? Did he survive hmm? the other night? 18-year-old kid was bobbing and weaving through traffic on his fast motorcycle and fell and was seriously injured. I don't know if he survived his oh. little accident or not. I, it, it did throw me off like whenever... It does that a lot when you have bob and weave with your motorcycle yeah. throws you off. Yeah, no. Well, yes, it does do that. But it, when people don't wear helmets... Oh, yeah. I In Tennessee, it's a law. And so when I moved out of the state and I just saw people riding their motorcycles without helmets, I'm like, why... It makes me nervous for them. They are nervous, though. That's I know. Thing. That's what freaks me out. They they do whatever they want to do. Yeah. You know what? Can we um talk about Jim Edmonds? Because I love Jim Edmonds on the, on the broadcast. Some people don't. They I, think, think he, I think he's think he, starting to win some more people over. And, and sadly, he, the young man did die. Sorry. Oh, 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 thank you for that update in the middle. Yeah, right. You got to finish what we started there. <laughs> okay, good. Jimmy, Jimmy Baseball. Jimmy I was, baseball. I had to Google. Because if you really, sometimes we, we listen, you know, to the, we have to really pay attention to the message. Jim Edmonds is a wealth of knowledge. He's, he knows so much about this game. Now, maybe his delivery it doesn't. It doesn't get to you in the manner in which it's not packaged up in this pretty box. It's just here. Take it. He's gonna tell you, but it's true. It's awesome. I I, I learn a lot listening to, listening to Jim Edmonds on the broadcast. Jimmy Baseball is a baseball savant. He's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like he understands the game in a way that a lot of people don't. And yep. if you pay attention, despite all of the other Jim Edmondisms, you'll get some. Uh, but I, some great I love the Jim Edmondism because it's so uniquely him. It's the yeah. whole package, isn't it? He's, it really he's is. clearly not aware of some of the things he says, which is awesome. Yeah, makes, makes, it, makes it fun and entertaining. Uh, thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Uh, I was just I was giving the news, guys. I, I apologize. <laughs> that's so sad. That's, yeah, that's what yeah. Mike T. You say I don't I don't make the news. Wah. I just report it. Just, just report it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coming up, Greg Amzinger. He had a fun game last night on MLB Tonight, and uh, we will talk to Greg, MLB Network's lead anchor, next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with 
Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. So last night I'm watching MLB Tonight, which I always do when Greg Amzinger is at the helm. Greg, of course, a native of St. Louis and a product of the Lindenwood University, the lead anchor at MLB Network. And I perked up when Greg came back with breaking news that it was the Baltimore Orioles that had acquired the 29-year-old handed pitcher before the trade deadline. Greg joins us now on 101 ESPN. You had America going, baby. Uh, they, they were, um, people are sensitive, right? I mean, I was just trying to have a little fun. So we go to break and I go, hey man, give me, I need video of Shohei Otani. Um, and I'm going to say, hey, I act like we're talking in my ear and I hold my IFB and I go, guys, we got to go to break. We have breaking news. Uh, the 29-year-old right-hander from Japan has been traded. We will let you know where he lands. And then we come back from break and we have a huge breaking news animation. And I go, it has happened, and we've been wondering which team will get him. It is the Baltimore Orioles, America. The Baltimore Orioles have acquired him. We're showing video of Otani against young Shintaro Fujinami. And I go, the Orioles have landed. The 29-year-old right-hander from Japan, Shintaro Fujinami. And Anthony Rector goes, man, you are just rude. And I go, I paused. And I go, oh, oh my! I did, did you think I was talking about Shohei Otani? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that was rude. Cameron Mabe was like, man, that was rude. And I'm like, America. I looked into the camera. Did, did you? I, I, I didn't mislead you. <laughs> I apologize if I did. Those were not my intentions. And Twitter blew up. I mean, man. Yeah. It was great. They were, they were really sensitive last night. And then a great game of Tic Tac Otani <laughs> of the nine teams. Who do you think will wind up with Shohei Otani? Yeah, it, it ended up being because I think uh, Tic Tac Toe, if you put all of life's questions into a Tic Tac Toe game, right? Yep. You know, in life, you're like, you're the pluses and, and negatives about any decision that you might go, hey, should I move to Cleveland? So you write down all the pluses <laughs> and negatives. Let Gary Davis think of a positive <laughs> to moving to Cleveland. Hey, we'll, we'll be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> they get to play the Steelers in, in Ohio at one point. There you go. <laughs> okay, I, so you know, these are major decisions, whatever it is. Like, should I break up with my boyfriend? You, you come up with the pluses and, 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 and negatives, and you put it into the grid of tic-tac-toe, and you end up getting three in a row. The first time you get three in a row, that is your answer. I've done this in my life with all my friends, and I think it's wildly fun. So I decided, you know, let, we don't know where Otani's going. 
Uh, MLB.com and The Athletic did power rankings of the top destinations. We really don't know. There are teams that want to be a rental, teams that actually want to try to trade for him and then you know, recruit him while he's there and then sign him. Who can sign him? So we decided, you know what, let me just put this into a formula that has answered all my questions in life. Tic-tac-toe, tic-tac-toe, <laughs> and, and, you know, you don't know what's going to work. And Randy, you know this. You guys come up with all these segments and radio, and I, I come up with all these wild segments. And my goodness, people were loving Tic-tac-toe. So we will find out, uh, I think tomorrow night we're doing Tic-tac-toe in honor of Brian Kenny to decide who is actually the most handsome man on MLB Network. <laughs> that's must-watch TV. That, that's that's great must television. Watch. Brian Kenny believes he is the most handsome man on MLB Network, so we will figure that out through Tic-tac-toe. <laughs> that's a good way to do it. Well, we are very excited right now, Greg, because everything is sunshine and lollipops. The Cardinals are doing great. Winners of five straight and eight of their last ten do you think the players are going to force John Mozeliak to change his approach to the trade deadline with this recent play, or is it too uh, little, too late? You know, I, I was, I was, I talk so much trash when I'm not on television. Even though I guess I do when I'm on, but when I'm talking about the Cardinals, I talk about, I talk a lot of trash to my friends, like as I'm walking around the office, and I'm like, hey, remember 2021? Cardinals won 17 in a row. And like, oh, come on, come on. I'm like, what time out? Time out. When you play golf, and you're like whoa, this is a really tricky shot. I'm a par five. I want to get on a two. I'm 231 yards away. Do I have that shot in my bag? And then you remember playing golf with Randy Carricker in 2021. And you're like, I actually hit a three wood on accident. 231 yards to the front of the green. You know that shot is in your bag. You haven't done it. <laughs> but am I pulling out the three wood or am I laying up with a pitching wedge? I know it's in my bag. So I'm going to go grab the three wood and see if I can wake up the ghost. And right now, I think the Cardinals have enough talent on their roster based on the schedule they have remaining to wake up the ghost. Do I think they can deter John Mozeliak of taking advantage of an opportunity. And that's what this is. Even when you're bad, it's an opportunity. The trade deadline is an opportunity to make your roster better for next year. And and I, he's definitely not adding, but you could see a situation when I remember when the Yankees traded uh, Andrew Miller, uh, Aroldis Chapman, and they got better. They, they literally had a better record after the trade deadline, and Yankee fans were livid. It was the first time many of them have ever experienced being sellers at the deadline. But they ended up getting Glaber Torres, and they, they bolstered their roster. I think the Cardinals are going to sell. I think guys are going to get traded. I don't think they're going to add any major pieces. But don't be shocked if young guys get an opportunity and the core stays and remains, and they actually play, continue to play really well down the stretch. Greg, you have your untouchables, who I would name as Goldie, Arenado, Walker, but then there are two players that have been talked about potentially being traded, and that's Jordan Hicks and Nolan Gorman, who I think are untouchable as well because of their, their potential superstardom. What do you think about their future here for the Cardinals? I, I think I think you got to move Jordan Hicks. Uh, Jordan Hicks is a guy that you're going to get talent back in return for uh, his his ability uh, to just garner velocity and, and hold on to it, uh, and it's easy easy below. There are so many teams that want an arm like that, and I'm with you. I think I think Jordan Hicks has a really bright future in the sport, but you've given him a really uh, hefty opportunity in St. Louis. 
to show what he can do on a regular basis. Uh, I think it changes scenery. Yes, he can find superstardom, and you might have anger in your face if you trade him away, but it's such a coveted thing, swing and miss velocity, uh, especially for teams that want to win the World Series. They're going to pay a hefty price for it. Uh, Nolan Gorman's a tricky one. Based on the guys that you're sort of committed to, he doesn't have a position. Now, if you hold on to him for one more year, Paul Goldsmith's got one year left after this one on his contract. You could dream on, on him being the first baseman of the Cardinals for years to come. He's still only 23 years old. I think trading him would really be a tough decision to make. I, I, I think he's a young guy that once you move him down in the order, he ends up hitting three home runs in two games. You move him up to the five hole like he did yesterday. He has another big game at 23 years of age a guy that doesn't play every single day, doesn't have a home defensively, and now because of Donovan's injury, has to play the field, and he's not DHing. He's still on pace, hit over 30 home runs and driving over 100. So I, what is his ceiling? No one really knows. He, he could – I, I got to tell you, Jim Tomey said, man, he kind of reminds me of myself hmm. when I broke in with Cleveland early. I was a third baseman. They really didn't want me to be there. Uh, bounced me around, and Jim had power, but then really grew into his caveman body and hit a bunch of bombs. So I think that's Nolan Gorman's future. Nolan Gorman to the White Sox for Dylan Cease. Who says no? Oh, man. Dylan Cease is disgusted an awful lot, and I get it. I don't know how you trade him away. I know his season, after his terrific uh, season last year uh, has been disappointing. But like I said with Sandy Alcantara, Sandy Alcantara is the reason the Marlins won't make the playoffs. If the Marlins don't make the playoffs, the reigning Cy Young Award winner, who if the season ended today, would have the highest ERA of any reigning Cy Young Award winner, is still the most coveted asset of his organization. You'll never, you'll never hear that again. A guy that's having a terrible year, who will be the reason his team doesn't make the playoffs, is still the number one asset of his team. He would get more talent if he traded him than anyone else on that, including Luis Rice. That is a fact. His contract is so uh, financially efficient that uh, so many people believe in Sandy Alcantara. I believe the same thing with Dylan Seats. His spin rate is down. His velo is a little bit down. But you got to believe it's not that far away from getting it back. And if you're the White Sox, you want to build around someone. I think Dylan Seats is your ace. Uh, you trade Lance Lynn, you trade Lucas Giolito, but I just cannot part ways with a talent like Dylan Seats. A Seats and Alcantara. That's the only way I'm moving a guy like Nolan Gorman. I need to get a controllable young starting pitcher that's a stud. I, I completely agree with you because you know what you need if you're the Cardinals, and that is a, a, a guy that's going to lead your rotation because we all dreamt years on Jack Flaherty being the ace. And at times he has been the ace of the Cardinals, but I think everyone knows that his time in St. Louis is coming to an end. So who's the next guy? When you don't have the next guy, I mean, there's talent in minor leagues, but you need to go find that guy you're actually going to do what everyone assumes you're going to do, and that is keep the core together to try to make another run next year and win the Central. What do you think about the rumors of Dylan Carlson possibly being dealt? I know that I saw a report that the Yankees were interested in him. Uh, It makes sense. Uh, Just unfortunately hasn't put it all together. And he's one of those guys you just kind of know. He almost has to grimace and look away and make the trade because it just feels like he's going to figure it out with someone else. Right. It just mm-hmm. feels like it's like Mickey Moniak. 
right? Nicky Moniak, number one overall pick, the Philadelphia Phillies, and struggled through the minor leagues. They still brought him up to the big leagues because they didn't want the egg on their face for drafting this kid one of one, and he can't hit. And then he gets to the big leagues and he swings and misses and swings and misses. And you're like, oh, my goodness, we're going to have to move this guy. And, and eventually it looked like he was starting to come together. He got injured right before uh, uh, opening day yesterday. You trade him to the Angels, and now you're seeing the kid break out. He's hitting over 330. It looks like he's going to be a star. The Angels love what they have. That could be Dylan Carlson, man. Dylan Carlson could be Mickey Moniak 2.0. And – but I understand why you have to do it. Jordan Hicks could end up making 50 saves next year with a 0.5 ERA. Like, he, at some point, you have to make a decision, and you can't blame the Cardinals. They gave these guys an ample opportunity to become staples in St. Louis. Greg, what do you think is going to happen with this catcher situation? you got three of them on the roster right now. Uh, Yvonne Herrera looks like he's going to be playing a lot more going forward. What, what do you think they're going to do with, with Wilson and, and his future? Yeah, I mean, that also plays into the, the Nolan Gorman decision uh, because Nolan Gorman, really without a position, is he going to be your everyday second baseman? Maybe, but it'd be nice to have him have at bats at DH. But if, if you're going to go somewhere else behind the plate, no one's trading for Wilson Contreras. You're, you're not throwing him in on a deal for anybody. So Wilson Contreras is with you. Going forward. Now, Wilson's on pace 19 home runs, driving, I believe, 67 RBIs. If Yachty had a season like that, we're like, ah, there's still some, there's still some bump left in that bat. But Yachty behind the plate, it's a little different <laughs> than what we've seen from Wilson Contreras. I think the Cardinals are rolling with him, uh, maybe catching and DHing going forward. I like the way Herrera looks. And Andrew Kisner has not been uh, an easy out at the plate uh, this season. I think his average is over 240, which is really dramatically increased. Uh, he's had some good at bats. And when you watch me PP, you're like, whoa! It's like when I was in the '80s, I, I did not, I couldn't believe that uh, you know Mark McGuire said that some of the most thump. I heard this uh, this week in baseball, maybe some of the most thump of any guy in BP you ever saw was Dave Valley. It was just like you know, Dave. My Dave's a friend of mine. Like you know, a catcher for the Seattle Mariners had as much power in BP as Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. Like wow. When you watch Andrew Kisner take PT, you're like, there's some, it's, it's the 231-yard three-wood that Greg Hansinger accidentally hit playing golf with Randy Carragher. He's got it in him. <laughs> so maybe, just maybe, uh, he's still in the running to try to take over that spot. Okay, Greg, I got some curiosity here. Number one, uh, tomorrow for uh, Tic Tac Kenny. Uh, is Mike Lowell on the list? Because it's over yeah. if Mike Lowell's on the list, right? No, he's definitely going to be on the list. I mean, the guy looks like George Clooney, and he's at the World Series MVP. Of course he's on the list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is, there, is the voting open to the public? Like, can I vote for you? Oh, that's wonderful. What a wonderful friend you are. I would encourage <laughs> it from everyone uh, in St. Louis. Um, but, you know, I... Yeah, this kind of reminds me, and yet the answer is yes. I'm going to send it all to at Police 19 uh, because I love, I love when he's on date night and his phone starts blowing up. <laughs> he doesn't know why. And he's like, <laughs> people are saying that Brian Kenny isn't the most handsome guy. Why are they saying that to my, my social media? 
So I just throw it all to at Police Act 19. You can vote there. But it reminds me of my senior year at the great St. Charles High School. And I was really hoping that I would win best looking. Truly was hoping <laughs> during senior superlatives. I had no shame. I don't care. I knew I wasn't going to win uh, best athlete. I knew I wasn't going to win that. That was going to go to my friend Dennis Tankersley. So was, I was really gutted at the best looking or maybe best hair. Do you know what I walked out of there with? I got a sash. I got a sash, which is an honor. I know not everybody gets one. <laughs> I walked out of there with friendliest. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh... Friendliest? <laughs> so here I walk up, all mad, wearing a sash that says friendliest. <laughs> My friends just gave it to me hard, man. Like, I couldn't take that sash off fast enough. But anyway... <laughs> Go ahead and vote for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Vote for me. So, darling is a handsome guy. He's a darling. Oh, man. I forgot about him. Yeah. Roflo. Yeah, he's an X Factor. Yeah. He but, is an X. Oh, Matt, Matty D is a handsome guy. He you is. know what I mean? Yeah. Matty D would make the cut. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Maben demands to be on it. Yeah. And you know what? That's legit. <laughs> that is, that's legit. But uh, uh, Cliff Floyd, Cliff Floyd just recently turned 50, but he still believes he's 20. So he needs to be on that list. Yeah, he looks and, uh, great too. He looks. Oh, uh, he does. He so. does. And I, hey, Anthony Recker looks like Superman. Like he literally looks like he could go into a, a phone booth and come out with a cape on and so, fly away. Uh, Greg, th- so th- this actually happened last night at my house. Uh, we're watching MLB tonight, and Recker's on. And I said to Patrick, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> Patrick said, "Oh, it's Anthony Recker. He's good, man." Uh. Yeah, you know, I, I pulled him aside because some of these guys want to ask me about TV. And I go, Anthony, I got to be honest with you. Did, did you win a gold glove behind the plate? Uh, no. Were you ever an all-star? No. But I don't remember Kirk Herbstreet leading a two-minute drill in the Super Bowl, right? Like, I don't remember Kirk Herbstreet throwing for 500 yards and breaking records at Ohio State in football. Kirk Herbstreet is the gold standard as an analyst yep. in college football. And I really think Anthony Recker has an upside like that. He is literally that good. And, and and the ladies seem to think he's wildly handsome. I just named a bunch of guys. Do I even make the nine? <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. You, you, you've got to be on there. Uh, and it's, believe me, it's not going to be hard because I love you and I'm going to vote for you. But it's hard to vote. Let me put it this way. Hard to vote against Lowell. <laughs> No, it's that, you know what? You know what makes him so frustrating is that he doesn't even like act like he's good looking. He's like humble about it, and that makes I, I, oh man, women you love that even more. So it's like ah, oh, dude, you win, you win in everything in life. He, he invested his money well. He's a great father. He was probably great at kickball in third grade. He's one of those guys. He's good at everything. So are you, and you're the friendliest. What a terrible story Why did I tell that story right now The radio and say look Sometimes I forget I'm on the radio In my hometown That was a story I wanted to bury with Now everyone knows I'm the friendliest People tell me that I get people to say things (laughs) (laughs) You're the modern Barbara Walters Randy That is what you are Have a great day day, brother You're the best Take care, everybody. Thanks, Greg. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, and the, the friendliest guy you'll ever meet here on 101 oh. ESPN. Uh, coming up, take it or leave it. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314 
If you're on the YouTube, that uh, Matthew Rocky was wearing a Cronky Sucks t-shirt. Nice. Oh, he just did that because yep. he was wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah, I was wearing a hoodie earlier because it was, nice. it was yeah. chilly in the studio. But, How yeah, about that? To, well, yesterday. Proud of you. Yesterday was not, didn't go well for our boys on the All-Stars. No, 5-0, so. huh? Well, yeah, clean Par- cheater. Parker got tagged yeah. for a, a, a handball in a box that gave him a penalty. Yeah. Berkey got hit for a absolute galazzo like in the fourth minute uh by our arteta it was it was not great as holly would say blanking brutal yeah. <laughs> all right uh, uh brooke you can sit this one up somebody named joe manganiello has filed <laughs> oh for divorce from sofia v- no. vergara He's, oh, let saw. me say this again a man filed for divorce from sofia vergara Take it or leave it. WTF. I'm going to take that. WTF. <laughs> However, when I see stuff like that, I, you know, I often wonder sometimes what what it's like a, a, a Ferrari with no engine. You know, you don't know. It looks good on the outside, but maybe it doesn't <laughs> run well. I, I don't know. It's so, hey, you could say I, that I'm about saying, Joe. You could say that well, about I'm him, not saying, too. I'm saying that about either party. You know, sometimes things look good on the outside, but not so great on the inside. So maybe he's that's stunningly gorgeous. They were too beautiful the, uh, together anyway. That was, that, oh, yeah. And they were so happy like four years ago when I saw him on <laughs> One of those tonight um, shows. They grew, they grew apart. They said yeah. they started like hanging out. You know, it was just kind of that thing. Yeah. I like Joe because he, he's an, he's unstoppably good looking for a guy, but he's also a giant nerd who every time he comes on a talk show talks about Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. So I respect the fact that he was able to pull that off. They were just too beautiful together. That's what that's what tore him apart. That's what it was. Yeah. So anyway, guys, <laughs> the usual tore them apart. Sophia's out there for you. That's she's what I'm saying. Well, we were talking to Greg Amzinger, and he said Jordan Hicks could potentially be traded, and he also mentioned he may end up with 50 saves. So uh, let's say he has 50 saves. Take he has 50 it. saves. Jordan Hicks has Cy Young potential what? as a reliever. Only nine in the history. Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave that. I, I I would love for it to happen, but I'll have to leave it. How many saves does he have right now? Ten? Nine? Ten, yeah. Ten? When yeah. did he get the, 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 the like, what, closer role? Uh, uh, he, I think his career high is 19 saves. He's never been consistent or healthy every, on a regular basis. If 14. he's your everyday closer. Mm-hmm. He could do pretty well, but I don't think he'd win a Cy Young in this day and age. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But, but you know what? He, he can make a lot of money. He could get a Kelly. a whole you know, lot of money. Yeah, and somebody, nice. I, I would think, you know, the, the comp I made yesterday was after Joe Kelly had gotten traded to Boston from here. Now, granted, Kelly played in or from here to Boston. Kelly played in the World Series. But if Hicks goes somewhere and lands in a World Series, he could get a three-year, $30 million deal very easily, mm-hmm. maybe 440 
Gonna be one of those trades. You look back. It makes me think, take it or leave it, because I've always thought about this. If you're picking a sport for your child that you're going to push them in the right direction, mm-hmm. just seeing these giant contracts and the potential that pitchers can get, do you start to take it or leave it? Do you start to force your kid to be left-handed? Yes. Knowing it. how valuable <laughs> left-handed pitchers yep. are. Take I have it. thought if some parents have started to do that, just seeing how, especially if you're a left-handed pitcher, seems like you can keep your career longer and your value is always going to be pretty high as long as you're semi-decent. Yeah, absolutely. Or Tie that right hand by the kids back. No <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matthew, what do we got on the text line there? Take it or leave it. Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols are on the Cardinals coaching staff before their Cardinals Hall of Famers. Leave, leave it. it. You said what again? Sorry. Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina are on the coaching staff before their Hall of Famers. So Albert has married the daughter of the president of the Dominican Republic who has like billions of dollars and moved back to the Dominican, I understand. Mm -hmm. Although he's doing the work at Secaucus for MLB Network. No, I think Albert has probably moved on from the idea of coaching for whatever. A a really highly paid coach in baseball these days is making maybe six or seven hundred thousand dollars. LSU stole the Twins pitching coach to pay him more in the SEC. <laughs> the MLB does not pay their coaches a lot, and so no. Yeah. Are they going to come here to get to a ballpark at ten in the morning and stay until midnight and get paid? And they would get an exorbitant amount for a coach in MLB of maybe six or seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Are they going to do that? No. Nick Saban making like $10 million a year. Yeah, highest paid. Nick Saban is the highest paid public servant in America. God, that is insane. I, The thing that's interesting is I can see Albert Pujols really just enjoying this part of his life. Mm-hmm. He's you know been around baseball for so long. I think Yachty would have, I can see him returning sooner than but Yachty's Albert. got a basketball team that he wants to go watch play. He's, Which he's involved doing. in music. Uh, he didn't want to leave Puerto Rico last year because he wanted to spend time with his family. I'm saying I can see Yachty coming back a little bit sooner. I can see Yachty, He wants to be yeah. a manager eventually. He, he managed Puerto Rico that's right. in the he World Baseball managed. Classic. Does he want to be told what his lineup is going to be? No. So if there's an opportunity, though, I, I can see him 100% doing it. I see him coming back to baseball sooner than Albert Pujols in a, obviously, Albert's doing in broadcasting. Yeah, in, in uniform. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. I agree with that. Take it or leave it. Eight under travel sports should be banned just for the fact of how serious parents take it. Take it. Well, I'm over here talking about make your kid left-handed, so yeah. But probably. that's just tying his, hit, his <laughs> right hand by there his There are, if you could see the, the, the craziness that comes from adults as it pertains to youth sports, there's a reason why we are having less referees than we have had in the past because parents are crazy. There's a reason why kids burn out by the time they get to high school because parents are crazy. Do better, parents. Be a better parent to your child in terms of, yeah, you can push them to a degree, but uh, just don't uh, don't overdo it because there is a fine yeah. line. I don't think at eight years old you should, uh, you know, some of the stuff I, I hear and see, and I, I it's terrible. You, you got eight-year-old, nine-year-old kids playing 30 football games a year. That's, that's just that's too much. Not, that takes away the fun because – in sports psychology, they you're talk a lot about you. that. You're going to kill your body. Yeah, well, that too. And also, <laughs> that's how you experience burnout. Burnout yes. is one of the biggest issues when it comes to children wanting to get out of sports, where the pressure is too much. It's literally meant to be fun there at are, that age. There are a lot of parents that are uh, trying to live their lives through their child. 
Yep. When was it that Patrick Mahomes started playing football? I think it, it, he talked about it during this, that he really didn't start focusing just on football until, I think, like middle school or yeah. something wow. like that. Yeah. What about if 6th to 8th graders want to find a camp to go to in well, August? Well, you know, oh. there's one on August 19th at Hazelwood Central starting at 9 a.m. You can go on my uh, website, or, well, my Kerry Davis Foundation um, is the... You can email us at cdfoundation2438 at gmail, and we can uh, get you some information. Or check out my Facebook or my Instagram and check out the information. August 19th, 6th to 8th graders at Hazelwood Central, 9 a.m. Sounds great. Be there. Learn. Have fun. If your youngster wants to get involved in football and learn the fundamentals from the best, the Kerry Davis football camp. You'll find him on uh, the Facebook or, or the Insta. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. You got him, my man. Uh, that is Take It or Leave It coming up next. Could this be another championship run? Could it be 12-23 and 23 for the Cardinals? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. I remember kind of, you know, pushing back a little bit when they came to me for an interview. I remember saying, hey, I'm looking at the schedule and I see, I see a possibility here. And people are going, this guy's kind of off his rocker. But coming back from that far back, it just empowered me, Randy. It just empowered me. You know, now I'm thinking, shoot, anything's possible. So I just got way too, I just got this problem with belief. You know, I got this. The big problem with belief that I just can't stop believing no matter what about a number of things. So, That's our buddy Adam Wainwright yesterday, Wednesday with Waynos here on 101 ESPN. Happy Friday Eve. It is 8.06. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke, Carey, Randy, and Adam Wainwright. He was on a team that came back from 10 and a half down and wound up doing this. In the air to left, well hit. What a ride! The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. That was unbelievable, and it's unbelievable to think that it could happen again, especially as bad as the Cardinals have been. One thing about the 2011 Cardinals is they, after this date, were actually in the lead in the division in late July. Mm -hmm. This team has not been close for a long time. Now, granted, they won their last two games before the All-Star break. They're, they're five and one since the break. They've won seven of their last eight overall. And in their last nine games, their starting pitching has really settled in. If you're going to go on a run, you've got to get great starting pitching. I, and I, I, I would love to have the Cardinals win, I still haven't reached that point where I believe in this Cardinals starting pitching, allowing them to go on a run where they win 17 out of 20 or something like that. Especially on a consistent basis. And I want to touch on 2011 because obviously I wasn't here for 2011. I don't know exactly what that team was like and to be around it. What was the conversations like around that time? Well, on August 19th, and I remember because it was my birthday, I said, sitting in this very chair in the fast lane, the Cardinals have a 0% chance of making the playoffs. They are not going to make the playoffs. Hmm. And uh, I was wrong. 
I, I will admit that because we just heard that they won the World Series. And that's why I'm so reticent to say they have a 0% chance. I, I'm all, I always leave that Michael Jordan door cracked open a little bit that I, I might case. come back just in case. It's pretty smart. But with, with this team... It wasn't the talent level that bothered me. We, I talked a lot about how I thought the names on the back of the jerseys were way better than the way they were playing. Mm-hmm. But, man, they've been bad fundamentally. But I, I need to come to grips with the fact, and it is a fact now, that you don't need to be great fundamentally to win in baseball these days. It helps, but nobody's great fundamentally. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are a couple of really good fundamental teams. But if if you look at the Marlins, I mean, people talk about how the Marlins have improved so much fundamentally. Well, they've made a ton of errors, and they aren't great on the bases. The, The Reds, it's unbelievable, and the Reds are kind of scuffling. They snapped a long losing streak last night. The Reds starting pitching is terrible. They make tons of errors there. Even their their outlying numbers, the 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 analytical numbers like defensive runs saved horrible a number of outs made on the bases for the reds horrible i mean i think they've made the most outs on the bases of any team in baseball and they're in the bottom 5 in terms of defensive runs saved fundamentally they're a disaster area but they're in a playoff spot as we speak so maybe my view of what baseball is because of my history and watching it isn't what reality is anymore well i think that you know you obviously want to have those fundamentals. They, they are important. Those are the things that allow you to, to keep you from losing games, not airmailing balls over the first baseman's head when you just throw a strike to them. But I, I do agree that the, the game has kind of changed away from where that is a focus. You know, it's more about – it used to be we, we wanted guys to hit. Now, if you strike out, cool, as long as you hit the ball over the fence just as much. It's it's kind of a change of philosophy. And, and also, Randy, the, the shift – I think had allowed so many people to not be as good in the fundamentals as they needed to be because mm-hmm. you have less ground to cover if you're a middle infielder. You got a guy standing right next to you, so I don't have to work on that fundamental aspect. And so you're probably seeing some of that coming into play right now where guys aren't as good or as athletic. And we've heard, uh, I forget who we had on earlier this week, saying you're probably going to see more of the athletic players coming back into into the game. And here's what ha- what's happened, guys, is players don't have to spend time in the minor leagues anymore. Jordan Walker got drafted in 2020. Mm-hmm. Nolan Gorman is a second-year player at the age of 23. Dylan Carlson is a fourth-year player at the age of 24. Uh, the, virtually, well, I, I won't say virtually, no, but very little time spent in the minors for a player like Jordan Hicks. We talk about airmailing a ball. There are so many players at the major league level that even 10 years ago wouldn't have been there because they would have been polished up and learning the fundamentals. Now, because there are fewer minor leaguers and because you pay the high draft choices so much money, you want to get them to the major league level, they don't have the opportunity to learn fundamental baseball. And this is not a cardinal issue. It's a baseball issue. And that's exactly what we're talking about is it's a different game now. Yeah, it is. It, it's changing a lot. And Ali Marmal, he's talked a lot the past few days in his post-game gom- comments and pre-game comments as well, just about how much the pitching has kind of allowed this play. You're seeing a lot of the guys saying that in their comments, too, of this is what we're supposed to look like. And every single one of them is pointing to pitching, especially starting pitching, doing their part. And it's not throwing their teammates under the bus, but just saying that that clicking at the same time as them playing well is what has allowed them to do what we've seen here recently. Even our Mamal saying last night, our pitching is doing what we expected them to do. They're actually giving us a chance. And he had a lengthier comment about how he believes that that's why we're seeing more of the fundamentals look a little bit stronger, the defense looking better. 
I mean, the hitters just being comfortable to do what they need to do because when you're not behind what we've seen so many times, like what four runs after the first inning, then you're actually able to not having to be in that mindset constantly of we got to find a way to claw our back in almost every single game. Do you think that the analytics have played a part in that as well in in terms of just bringing a person in and putting those numbers in that spot? You you talked about younger players not having to spend as much time in the minors. Well, because the older guys, they don't want to have to pay them. And and now you can get a younger guy, fit the number in. It's the same. Let's let him play. But that's where you get the that's where the mistakes happen, because it's not just about solely about numbers. It's about the person, the player and how much experience they have and how well they do a certain job. And those numbers generally are offensive numbers that baseball is concerned about when they bring a guy up to the major league level. When the Cardinals sent Jordan Walker down, it was all about launch angle and and walk rate. It wasn't about the terrible defense. Yeah. Right. So I I don't think defense is as much of a focus for Major League Baseball now as it was. And if it was to your point, too, then they would have maybe started him working in the outfield a little bit more in the minors? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Even before so. you moved Harrison Bader? It would have been very easy because you knew that if Arenado opted out that Gorman was going to be your third baseman. They should have moved Jordan Walker to the outfield a lot earlier. One other quick note. When the Cardinals uh, played on September 5th, 2011, 21 games left, seven and a half games behind, no, eight and a half games behind Atlanta for that final wild card spot. They were able to pick up eight and a half in the last 21 games. That just does not happen. It's a, it's a weird thing that it did. But we also, and here's the point I want to make, because I say I don't have faith in the Cardinals starting pitching. That group had Jake Westbrook, who is kind of like what the Cardinals have right now. Kyle Loesch, who had a really good year. Uh, Kyle Loesch, in that year, probably would be number two on this team after Miles Michaelis. Uh, they had Edwin Jackson on that team, and they also had Jaime Garcia on that team, but they also had the big boy. And if you have Chris Carpenter, if you have a Chris Carpenter in his prime, that makes a tremendous amount of difference. I don't know on this particular team who fills the Chris Carpenter role to if you get into September and you say, I need a win, that guy's going to provide it. I just don't think the Cardinals, with all due respect to the guys they have, I don't think they have that guy. Well, and also I think, and this is nothing against Adam Wainwright, but having a healthy Adam Wainwright for the majority of the season, doing what he did, especially last year before September, I think could have put the Cardinals in a little bit of a better role. But not just him, but the other starters as well. You almost need more of that because you need his leadership around more. Because he even mentioned, remember when he was in and out, that he's not exactly, he wasn't there the whole time to even, you know, put in all that leadership. Yeah, and that's tough. It, it, it's hard to be a leader if you aren't, if, if you aren't playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what he said. Yeah, I, I get it. Would you guys take, by the way, and we're going to wrap this up here right now, but uh, a guy who's made 17 starts, thrown almost 100 innings, an earned run average of 3.99, and in those 94.2 innings has struck out 107 and walked 26. Would you take that guy on your team? I would. Welcome, Max Scherzer. <laughs> oh, you were that's that's your narrative today, huh? This year it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, buy for pennies on the dollar. Matthew Libertor, Zach Thompson, see. Yeah, are are the Mets going to take over some You're of that salary, or you got to take Thompson? the whole I thing? I don't care about that money. I really don't. Not a, not a you know what? And it, I, it's not necessarily for those pitching numbers either. I want him because he's a psycho. 
I keep telling you, you need one. Yep, at least one. Yep. If you have two, you know, you don't Even want better. more than two because no. then you, you then, then they can take with each other. Then, then, yeah. then the locker room and clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. Now everybody's crazy in there. But if yeah. you get two, they can kind of police different mm-hmm. areas of the of the team. Yeah. Uh, coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we've got the Bird Watch. Stick around. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. Birdwatch here on 101 ESPN. There we go. Uh, kids, I, I just talked about how the uh, Cardinals starting pitching and pitching overall over the course of the season hasn't given me a lot of reason to believe that they can go on a run. That being said, last 14 days, Cardinal pitching 8-2 and two with a 3.13 earned run average. And here's the big thing. In 92 innings pitched, the, they've only walked 22. That is a difference. That's if you, if you're pitching can cut down on the walks. And by the way, 88 strikeouts, 22 walks in 92 innings. If they can replicate over the remaining 14-day sections of the season what they've done in the last 14 days, then I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they can go on that run. That's my bird watch. Hmm. Okay. Nice. So you think they're going to go on a run. Sunshine lollipops. Is this 2011 all over again? Yeah, except we don't. Well, we need our guy. It's, it's not going to be Chris Carpenter. It's got to be a, a different Chris Carpenter. Okay. Who, by the way, was I think thirty-seven at that point? They're saying no. My Brady, where are you going to find an upper thirties guy with a little bit of a crazy streak who can pitch really well and has different colored thing. eyes? Mm. Yeah, just one out there. Yeah. All over the place. He's been willing to give up his uh, no trade. He's told the media that the meteor. We'll see. Yeah, Zach Thompson is my bird watch. Zach Thompson. Who? What's, what I know play? it's it's been very weird because he's had a very interesting season, and honestly, I was concerned. I've talked about this a lot. I was really worried about how I felt like they were kind of jerking him around, and that you were worried about what that was going to do to him mentally because he was in your bullpen, and then they sent him down to the minors to stretch him out as a starter, and now he's back here in your bullpen again. That can be a lot of stress on a player. He hasn't pitched since June 29th before last night and he made an appearance, Zach Thompson, his first appearance since being recalled since July 7th and I mentioned his first time pitching since June 29th in Memphis and he worked two scoreless innings and was credited with the win. I hope that he is able to continue to be confident out there in this role. I think he should be in the bullpen personally because his numbers as a starter down in Memphis... Randy, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. We're not exactly great. And maybe that's just more of the situation and the frustration of you're told one thing and then you're sent down to another. And even John Mosellock, to give Mosellock credit, he mentioned during that press conference the other day that including with Zach Thompson, they're going to work on kind of their approach with that stuff moving forward where it's not going to be the situation of a player going up and down and changing their approaches to things like that. And I, I think that helps. Good. Another Thompson, by the way, one that works with us now, uh, back in the day, went an entire pay period without pitching. Just That's sat oh, down there. Really? I, I think they forgot he was there. <laughs> That's, yeah, say, just same same thing as Zach. That's tough. Literally a whole two weeks without pitching. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if old Zach has something, what he has in the in the tank going down the going down the stretch. I hope they don't expect 
guys to sit for two weeks and then come in and be efficient, though. That's And that's what concerns me. Because yeah. yeah. luckily it worked out in this situation, yeah. but it could have gone a whole different direction. Right. Yep. My bird watch is the starting pitching, and we were talking about... Oh, thank you, sir. A rotation that doesn't have one Jack Flaherty or Jordan Montgomery here in the next few weeks. So I'm looking at this this um, starting rotation, and, I, and you all can help me and assist me with this if you if you like. I have Miles Michaelis, mm-hmm. Dakota Hudson, mm-hmm. Stephen Matz, okay, and then I have Matthew Libertor slash Zach Thompson as your fourth, not fourth and fifth, because I think one or the other will be the fourth. And then you still have to go out and find a starter pitcher. And then I'm going to give you a few names for the starting rotation. For the fifth, first starter, or fifth starter, whatever you Okay. Do you like those four? Um, uh, don't love them. What else you got? Wayno comes back. Well, Wayno is coming back. Is he going to be healthy? Um, well, okay, he's well, healthy enough. Okay, right, so, so, so Michaelis, Matt, Wayno. Okay. Dakota Hudson. Okay, let's okay. out of the three, Dakota Hudson, Libertor, or Thompson. You know, I think it's time to stretch out Hennessy's Cabrera. <laughs> he's not. He's no oh, he's longer here. Oh, he's gone. Dang. I don't think. Well, Chris Stratton. What about Drew Ver- Verhagen? No. No? Anybody? You know, your best option might be Zach Thompson. Now, I know they said but the, that he would be in the bullpen the rest of the year. But They, they did also, say that. They did <laughs> say that Lars Newbar was going to be their center fielder <laughs> and Tyler O'Neill was going to be their center fielder and Zach Thompson was going to go get stretched out as a starter. I mean, it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for the Cardinals to say something and then do something completely different. I, I, I know, but for this, for Zach Thompson's sake, can we can we just pick a role for him <laughs> and <laughs> just stick to it? You got to show up and play, bro. How about? Uh, Woodford, Jake Woodford. I can what? see, I can see Woody. Can I give you some names does, for does, uh, yeah. ahead, potential so. trade pieces? Yes, I like. And this. you pick which one you like most. Okay, Logan Gilbert, Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman, Max Scherzer. I know you like him. Mm-hmm. Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Lucas Giolito. If you had your pick, and and I will give you the name that is probably the most surprising with the lowest ERA on that on that list. Which one do you think Stroh? it is? Yeah, it's pretty good. So which I, wonder, I don't think the I don't, I don't think the Cubs would trade him here. I don't. I, yeah, I can't see them doing that. Uh, especially because the two teams are so close in the standings. Yeah. But he is on the trade market. I'm intrigued by Logan Gilbert, but I'm I'm bothered by what it would take to get him because I think that would yes. cost Gorman. It would it would cost a, a pretty major young bat. Yeah. So I don't want to. So we'll I, I scratch him off. Scratch, scratch him Sh- off. Then. Stroman off. You said who else again? Eduardo Rodriguez, Max Scherzer, Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Lucas Giolito. Okay, I'm going to go with Burns as my number one. Okay. Because I think I might have some control there too. Uh, I don't think the Brewers would do that. You think they're, they're going to trade him here? No, because okay, that's well, who the Cardinals are trying to chase off. down. Well, I think Lucas scratch him Giolito off. seems to be the most likely. In a lot of ways. Wouldn't it be funny if they traded Flaherty and then brought in Giolito, two high school teammates? <laughs> Scherzer. I can see you, I can see gonna, them parting with Giolito. But then you yeah. have to you have to think about the forty three million when we, we know Cardinals aren't eager about spending that much on one player. But they, I think Mo, they would if it made yeah. sense. If it You have we 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 have I would love to see the proof and evidence of that taking place. Here's the thing. Next year you're going to have to spend thirty million dollars on a starter anyway, right? You're gonna yeah. have to sign a guy to a two hundred ten million dollar contract for seven years. If you want to get a number one quality starter, you can have Scherzer for the rest of this year and next, and then hopefully develop people like Graceffo, McGreevy, et cetera, et cetera, and have them take over after you take your shot with Max Scherzer. But I want to try to take my shot 
with Arenado and Goldschmidt on the roster. And I believe my best shot to win with those two on the roster the rest of this year and next comes with that guy, even though he's been hurt and he's not what he was. I know that, but a lot of what I'm spending that $43 million on is personality and mentorship as well. And I know you shouldn't have to spend that for mentorship, but the fact of the matter is you do. If you have a Gordon Graceffo and he's watching Max Scherzer pitch, if you have... Uh, other young pitchers coming up, maybe a McGreevy, and they watch the preparation like uh, Adam talked about with Chris Carpenter. He he glommed on to Chris Carpenter and did everything Chris Carpenter did. I think that's the sort of pitcher that the Cardinals need to bring along their young guys. Okay, so we're going to go with Max Scherzer as our option. And I don't know if I don't know if the Cardinals are even close to what the Mets would want for Max Scherzer. I I don't know if. People are in love with Libertor anymore, or Zach Thompson, or whomever. They're going to want pitching back in return. And I just don't know how much other franchises, even when you're moving on from money, would want that guy. And by the way, the cost, the, traditionally, lately in baseball, the cost of the player has been, in, in terms of what you have to give up, has been in relation to how much salary you take. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Cardinals and you take on $43.5 million for next year, Theoretically, you should have to give up a lesser prospect. And he has a player option for 2024. That's, so I'm, he, I'm good with that. If he stinks and gets hurt, then, yeah. Yeah, that is what it is. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. Who's your guy, CD, on that list? I'm probably going Lucas Giolito. Okay. Hey, oh, Dylan sees if I could uh, twist someone's arm. Oh, well, yeah. You don't have to twist. You that's just got to give yeah. up your boy Gorman. That's that's the That might be the best right now for Cardinal fans, rational Cardinal fans. That might be the best who says no game there is, yeah. is yeah. Gorman and Cease. Because yeah. I'm not so sure, even though it's Nolan Gorman, if I'm the White Sox, those are so rare, those number one starters. Yeah. I don't think I would do that if I were them. Yeah. And if yeah. I'm the Cardinals, I don't. I think I'd say no, too. It doesn't no, say I it. wouldn't. I, I, I would. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a superstar. It's yeah. going to hurt. It's going to hurt uh, bad. We need a fighter for the fight. You can text in uh, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO with your name, your name, and the word fight. And if you text in your name and the word fight, Matthew might pick you so that you can fight me next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Matthew Rocchio and somewhere's Carrie Davis. We don't know where Carrie Davis is right now. I'm sure that he's the on his way back from getting coffee. The water bottle takes a long time to refill. No, Never mind, it's right there. Nope, it's he's right doing there. a coffee refill. I can, I can tell. But either way, we're going to welcome in our fighter, Mike. Oh, there's Carrie. There's Carrie. Mike, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you this morning? Good. Great. Carrie, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. <laughs> I ran into some people in the hallway and talking about Mega Millions and Powerball and you know, you know how that goes. It, it's oh, very... are you the winner, Carrie? 
Unfortunately, oh, I, don't I haven't, I haven't checked. Oh, you tr- trust and believe <laughs> that I wouldn't be here. That's always the great debate. Would you just At go? Least. Would you still show up to work like everything was normal, or would you just be done and not say anything? I I wouldn't be here for about two weeks, <laughs> and no one would know why. This is personal. <laughs> That's me. What people right. look on TV and be like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> who's that with the Powerball winnings?" All right. Are we ready to go? Mike, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Brooke, for bringing us back. I clearly was running late. All right, Mike, here we go. Who was the last golfer to win the Open in back-to-back years? Is it Tom Watson, Lee Trevino, or Patrick Harrington? Uh, Patrick Harrington. The Cardinals have one instance of hitting four consecutive home runs, doing so last year against this former Missouri Tigers pitcher. Is it Max Scherzer, Kyle Gibson, or Aaron Crow? Oh, uh, Gibson. Happy birthday to former Cardinals reliever Kevin Segris. Segris only pitched major league innings for one other team. Which NL squad was it? Is it the New York Mets? the Miami Marlins, or the Philadelphia Phillies? Phillies. Easy to forget because they didn't even make an NCAA tournament appearance in his year there. Which college did Ben Simmons play his year of college basketball with? BYU, LSU, or USC? LSU. All right, we'll double-check the score. We'll bring in Randy Carricker. Is that what you got? All right. Mike, how you feel? Not great. Not great. No. Oh, you know, sometimes these questions can be difficult. It, I've heard over and over that it's much easier when you're not on the actual airwaves with us. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you sometimes people, I got all four right, and then they get on here. I couldn't figure out any of those questions. <laughs> Was there a particular sport you were uh, hoping for or wishing for? Uh, I, I am more of a baseball fanatic, but those questions weren't easy for me either today. Okay. So. Well, sometimes it's like that. Randy, say hello to Mike. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Oh, I'm okay, sir. How are you today? Doing well. Our uh, our buddy, Greg Warren, comedian, was out in the hallway, and I was visiting with him. He's He was wondering if the Cardinals might flip-flop, which they have not done, by the way. Uh, they, they have not uh, no. flip-flopped on, at all on this year. anything. They, no. they are. What so, they say is what it is, and you can believe it. Yeah, so he was wondering if maybe uh, they would flip-flop if, indeed, they would sweep the Cubs. Mm. And I said, yeah, well, they, right. they've never done that before. No, no. So, okay, i got to sit down, don't I? Oh, sorry. And I, you I, can, I, you I can, can hear okay. Yeah, that's okay. No, we're good. We're good. We're fine. All right. We're fine. Here we go. Good. Let's do it. Who's the last <laughs> golfer to win the Open in back-to-back years? Okay, this is uh, an interesting question because I was actually studying the Open with the idea that I was going to get in an, into an open pool. Oh, um, okay. And I believe the last guy to win back-to-back British Opens, or The Open, as they call it, that happens in, in the UK. Uh, in I, the UK. Yeah, the I, I, it's the, the UK open, open. The Open. The Open, come on. A little full of yourself, aren't we, Brit- <laughs> Brit- Great Britain? Um, uh, it's Patty Harrington, Patrick Harrington. Oh, you're just over there spilling the tea, aren't you? <laughs> oh! Oh! Nice. Well done. Well, well good done. play. <laughs> the Cardinals have one instance <laughs> of hitting four consecutive home runs, doing so last year against this former Mizzou Tigers pitcher. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Oh, my. 
Sorry, who care? What do you want from me? Okay. You're wearing Mizzou. Say ILL. Today. Say ILL. I'll do it too. That is Hazelwood Central, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think people ILL. Get all the tea I and I. There you go. Appreciate you. Okay. So, um, last year, I don't think they hit four in a row against Maximus. Our buddy Kyle Gibson, they had a game in Philly where they hit a bunch of home runs. Was eating wings at Three Kings. <laughs> wings at Three Kings. What kind of the delicious big wings at the Three Kings. They're they're good, man. Try the wings at Three Kings, kids. Uh, tip from Uncle Randy. I'm going to go with Kyle Gibson. Happy birthday to Cardinals reliever. Excuse me, former Cardinals reliever Kevin Segrist. Segrist only pitched major league innings for one other team. Which NL squad mm. was it? NL squad. Okay. The thing I remember about Segrist is I think he threw in 89 games, and there was a game in San Diego that the Cardinals were up 9-2 in the ninth, and it was like September, and Matheny puts him into the game. It was unbelievable. (sighs) Terrible. Um, Seags. Seagy. I don't think it was a Western Division team. Uh... I don't think it was the Braves. Could have been the. I'll just do the lifeline to break to cut it down here. The New York Mets. No. Miami Marlins. Philadelphia Phillies. I will go with the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. Easy to forget because they didn't even make the NCAA tournament appearance in his year there. Which college did Ben Simmons play his year of college basketball with? I believe he was, just like Shaq, an LSU Tiger. All right, either I'm losing my fastball or Randy and the Fighters are finding theirs because we have another tiebreaker and it's another 4-4 tie. Hmm. Freaking didn't play the. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Oh, okay, I'll give it there to you him. go. Come on. Him. Here you guys go. You earned it. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Both Mike and first Randy that earned that one. No, it happened twice. It happened on That's Monday. Didn't it? The first yeah. time it happened twice. Yeah, yeah Monday. It's ridiculous. So we got to go to the tiebreaker, and the tiebreaker is pretty simple. I'm going to say the question. We'll give Randy a beat to write down his answer. We will then get Mike's answer audibly. We'll then have Randy Carricker confirm his answer from what he wrote down. Randy, who? Randy character. Okay. Uh, and whoever and who uh, character and whoever is closest to the pin is going to be the winner of today's fight. Mike, do you understand those rules? Yes, sir. All right, Randy, do you understand those rules? I'm ready, sir. Do you have your paper? Yes, okay. Yeah. 2022 Patriots sensation Bailey Zappi owns the all-time D1 record for touchdown passes in a season in a touchdown passes in a season with how many? He did it at Western Kentucky 2022 Patriots sensation Bailey Zappi owns the all-time D1 record for touchdown passes in a season with how many? Randy Carricker is writing down his answer right now. I'm Oh, you know what? I'm just going to split the difference. Between this guy and Mac Jones, I don't know how you go with Mac Jones. Mm. Randy Carricker has... I think you can show it. Because guess, just in case, just in case. And Mike, what is your guess, sir? 37. How many? 37. All righty. We have a winner in today's fight. Last time we did this four to four, Randy Carricker was able to, oh, excuse me, the fighter was able to slip by Randy Carricker. Does it happen a second time? Or does Randy Carricker ruin the Jack Buck call for the listener on this Thursday? Ring that bell. The winner in Stu-
still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Randy Carricker, uh, just hold up your, your guest to the camera because uh, Mike guessed 37, guess. you I guessed 48. 48. Bailey Zappi broke Joe Burrow's record of 60 when he threw for 62 mm. touchdown passes wow. with Western That's Kentucky. He didn't do oh that my. with the Patriots, but he, he, he did more. He, he, did, yeah. he, did, he was he pretty was explosive balling. with the Patriots. Yeah. So unfortunately, Mike, Randy Carricker just got past you, just slipped by for the tiebreaker win today. But good job. You did get all four questions of the regular fight correct. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Absolutely. Let's go through those answers. Who was the last golfer to win the Open in back-to-back years? It was Padraig Harrington. He won it in 07-08. Crazy thing about that is Tiger Woods had won it in 05-06, the two years prior to that. Also oh. one of the few players to ever win in back-to-back years. The Cardinals have one instance of hitting four consecutive home runs, and it was, of course, off Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Kyle Gibson uh, last year. When we have him on later to talk uh, bigly impact later on this season, we will not ask him about that. No, we won't. Happy birthday to former Cardinals reliever Kevin Segris. He only pitched major league innings for one other team, and it was uh Seven, uh, ten games and five innings for the Philadelphia Phillies after his time in St. Louis. And his, his, his arm was dead. Yeah, his arm was literally hanging from a thread. They had to, uh, they kind of had to. St- so it on him and Matt Bowman are somewhere in a, in, in a in a museum with just and their, Seth Maness and, and yeah with their arms just down by their ankles. Yeah. Uh, easy to forget because they didn't make an NCAA tournament appearance in his one year there. Which college did Ben Simmons play his college basketball for? It was in fact LSU. So a four four tie took us to the tiebreaker. Bailey Zappi owns the all time D one record for touchdown passes. It is sixty two in one season. A tiebreaker win for Randy Carricker in the fight. Mike, thank you so much again for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Appreciate it. Hey, Brooke, where are you going this afternoon? I'm going to over by near main event, main event for Prestige Pools and Spas. It's going to be awesome. You can join Brooke from 4 to 6 for the Prestige Pools and Spas. Huge hot tub and swim pot, swim spa tent sale. You might pot. buy one. You. I thought you said pod for a second. I did for a second. <laughs> it's a huge hot tub and swim spa tent sale. And it's happening, as Brooke said, near the main event at the district in Chesterfield. Head to the tent sale, take advantage of huge discounts on prestige pools and spas, the biggest they've ever offered. Check it out today with Brooke at the huge prestige pools and spas tent sale in Chesterfield. You going to uh, purchase one for yourself? Are you going to surprise <laughs> oh, yeah. your fiance when you go? You know? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and purchase him a pool. Maybe, maybe a hot tub or maybe both. Honestly, nice. Good. We do. I would love to have a pool. Honestly, well, you, I don't know. Maybe we can make. You know, it you know people. Clearly. David, help! <laughs> Get us a pool. Yep. So uh, join Brooke four to six prestige pools at the district, which is right by the main event, which is where the factory is. It's, it was the old outlet mall that's now yeah. the district. It's an entertainment area, and uh, if you bring your bike, it's a great place to hop on and ride the levee trail too. It's a really good place. So head on over there from 4 to 6 this afternoon. Coming up next, latest trade rumors for you from MLB and the Cardinals on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A couple of interesting trade rumor notes for you from fan side. Bob Nightingale at USA Today lists five Cardinals that could be traded by the deadline. One of those obvious. It's 
Hennessy's uh, Cabrera, who's been DFA'd, and the Cardinals have seven days to move him. The others are the ones that we've talked about, mostly. Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks. And Nightingale lists Ryan Helsley as a possibility to be moved. Uh, he does not have, by the way, Tyler O'Neill or Paul DeYoung, who I think both are out there. If a team wants them, they could get them. And I would be really surprised now that Brandon Crawford has been placed on the IL by the Giants. He's their shortstop. The Dodgers need a shortstop, and now the Giants, and they're both competing for the top spot in the West. I'd be really surprised if Paul DeYoung were a Cardinal after the deadline and mildly surprised if he weren't in the Western Division. I can see Paul DeYoung going there. Carrie's already broke broke character so quickly on, on the tube. Sorry. It was it happened I'm instantly. Sorry. I can I can see Paul DeYoung going there for sure. I, I think that at this <laughs> What is going on? Randy, we're we're so serious know. over here. I'm, 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 I'm talking I, trade deadline. I, this is people's this lives is we're talking about. I'm making the mistake of, of looking at the delay broadcast on the YouTube stream, and I saw Carrie's face change as he slowly lost it as you started talking, and I just I couldn't keep it together. I won't do it. All right. We try. I, I won't. I, we right try. We, we're going to try. We're, we're going to try. I, I will do it. Bob Nightingale reporting that the Tampa Bay Rays have extensively scouted Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery. What do you think of that? Oh, so that was you went full TV announcer because we're we're trying to make sure that people want to see us on the tube. And all you and, need to do is go to YouTube, right? YouTube yeah. and, uh, and just type and, in one on one. And we want to make sure that we're addressing you guys. So I was saying we we looked directly at the camera, yes. but Carrie Carrie I'm, I'm feels weird you. about it. I'm looking. <laughs> He feels weird about it. I'm right here with you. There we go. And okay. and the thing is, is that I think that Paul DeYoung moving makes a lot of sense. It's the other things that I think we're still in that gray area about right now. It, it was interesting because Jim Bowden just put out an article in The Athletic talking about possible trade possibilities. And he mentioned with the Cardinals and Yankees, Jack Flaherty and possibly Dylan Carlson. I wonder what the Yankees would give up in a deal such as that. By the way, Harrison Bader did exit last night's game early because he got hit Mm. on the side. So I I did see some people on social media saying, like, really, would the Yankees want another player that's had an injury history from the Cardinals? They might, we but wouldn't. they're and he lists like a bevy of things that you could possibly get in return from the Yankees. In return, the Cardinals are looking for some pitching prospects. It would take a combination of three minor leaguers from the group of Will Warren, Richard Fitz, Randy Vasquez. Uh, Beater's got to be on there. Clayton Beater. Um, I'm looking. Okay. I don't. He doesn't have it listed on there. Wow, that's interesting. But maybe <laughs> I, and this is just what he has listed on here. So it would be interesting to see. Flaherty and Carlson. I didn't think about those two going to the same destination, the Yankees. That'd be really interesting. We got a comment here from Hunter on the YouTube chat, which I think kind of gets down to a lot of people's worries. Well, the problem with the Rays is if they're willing to trade some of their talent, I don't want them because clearly something is wrong with them. Yep. Yeah, I I think when you're looking at what the Cardinals have, what they're willing to uh, move and who they're willing to move. We've talked about Jack Flaherty. We've talked about Jordan Montgomery. I personally am not a fan of trading Jordan Hicks because of his talent, his potential, his potential to be great uh, going forward. Him and Nolan Gorman are both in that same boat for me, as well as Jordan Walker. I think those are guys that should be untouchable. Um, But 
what you're going to get in return. And my concern has been the entire trade deadline talks and, and rumors. You're going to trade away two pitchers. What are you going to get in return? And we talked about the the prospects that come in return, but that doesn't help anyone for this season. And right now, the Cardinals are winners of five in a row. They have been playing extremely well. So if you're going to move two of your starting pitchers at the trade deadline, what are you going to get in return that will allow you to continue to have this success for the rest of the season? Because despite what every fan in St. Louis may feel, despite what every uh, uh, media person in St. Louis may feel, those players feel like they can win the World Series this year. It's just what we do. It's how we feel. We never think we're going to lose. We always think we have an opportunity to win. And when you start winning games in the manner in which they have for this last, mm-hmm. you know, six of seven, eight of, what is it, seven of three, seven, seven of eight. and three the last last ten games. Yeah, seven of eight. They, they, they feel like they have an opportunity to win a World Series. So if you're going to trade your two of your five starters what are you getting in return that can propel this team to have success for the rest of the year? And we'll say that I'll say this again. The Cardinals are not an untalented team. When they make these deals, they're going to trade talented players that have a chance to do damage elsewhere. And that includes Montgomery and Flaherty. And if, if Hicks would go, the one person that I, if the Cardinals would trade him, I will not lose any sleep over is O'Neill because I think he's going to be hurt all the time. I'd be really worried. And I know Katie Wu made the point. Uh, with BKM Ferrario, that uh, if Dylan Carlson gets traded, he'll probably wind up becoming an all-star within a couple of years. And I, well, even I, Greg just said that yep, earlier. Yep, I don't disagree with that at all. <laughs> so I think the Cardinals, despite being a poor team this year, are a talented team. And when they make moves, and they are going to make moves, the players that they trade are going to go elsewhere and produce. And Cardinal fans have to accept that. Yes. It's like y- your, your girlfriend leaving, you were frustrated with her. She's made your, and she goes on, and you see how beautiful she is, and she's doing wonderful things. And like she's that having, Sophia Vergara yeah, guy, Something guy. like that. I mean, he's, he, he may not like it now, but eventually he's going to look back and say, I made a bad decision. It's possible. Or it could be just as bad as it was while they were with you. Those are the, the, the possibilities of trading away very good players. And the Cardinals are in a position where they're going to trade away some really good players that may go on to be all-stars for someone else. Well, and the reality of it is that it is hard to trade away pitchers when you need pitching. That's the but, part that's But crazy. here's the thing. What's looming above you is 2024. Right. That's not going away. You do have to think about that because it also will look incredibly bad on the organization if they let some of these guys go. And of course, they're going to, you know, talk to him, try to get them to stay. Jordan Montgomery, you can already know that he's going to hit free agency, right? Mm-hmm. Jack Flaherty will probably also hit free agency. Look at how much starting pitchers are going for. They're both going to do that. And I don't blame them. But you also can't just let them go and not try to get something in return. It'd be different if you thought you had a chance to win the World Series. And if also you, if you didn't right. have so many holes in the starting rotation for right. next season right. moving forward. But Neither are in place there. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. Coming up, our Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. For the Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN 907. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. How about your Redbirds with a 6-4 victory over the Marlins and a sweep 
yesterday at the ballpark. Cardinals score a run in the first inning, courtesy of Nolan Arenado. Driven to right field as a base hit. Goldie's around third. They're going to wave it. Here comes Sanchez's throw. It's going to be on target. It's going to be late. 1-0 Cardinals. Oh, but the Cardinals weren't done. They had Gary's guy step in later in the first inning. Swing, fly ball center. Myers on his horse. Going back, track ball. It's gone. Three-run homer for Gorman. And the Cardinals had the 4-0 lead. They went on to win it by a score of 6-4. And the Cardinals have won five in a row and seven out of eight. And their manager, Ali Marmal, was asked what parts of the success are real right now. If you look at defense, I'll start with that. This is what it's supposed to look at look like. Um, I think we've done a much better job on the basis of being smart and not just aggressive. There's times where we've been behind in games and you have to almost take like a passive approach just because you can't make outs. And um, that's hurt us as well. So I think uh, being in every game, um, having a lead has allowed them to be more aggressive on the base bat going first to third. You've seen a decent amount of it over the last week or so. Um, and our pitching is doing what we expected them to do. Um, they're actually giving us a chance. Uh, and that's both the rotation and the pen. I mean, you talk about a group that's committed. Look at your down however many games in the division at the moment. Look at the foul ball Goldie went after there in the ninth and tell me if these guys don't want it. I mean, you got that's what it looks like. Um, that's what it's supposed to look like, and uh, we feel good about it. And so, the number of the day scheduled to arrive. The number of the day is five. Five in a row for our Redbirds, who play the Cubs tonight and tomorrow night. Tomorrow the game is on Apple, by the way. And then a couple of uh, 120 contests. No, I think tomorrow's game is 120 also. I think tonight and then Apple, Apple, Bally, Bally, Mm. Cards and Cubs. Do you feel... Okay, say that they continue this win streak Mm -hmm. against the Cubbies. That (laughs) it will change... Their approach just a tad bit. I know, I know it no. might seem crazy. I, it might seem crazy because John Mozeliak did say that even if they did go on it, well, he did mention that maybe eight games could change things just a little bit. I think, I believe is what he said. Do you think that that will force them to maybe change their approach a little bit at the trade deadline, or do you think that this is done? Uh, one thing the Cardinals do, Brooke, is uh, <laughs> when, when they say something, they mean it and they lock in. What examples do you have of that, though, well, Brady? Because like, I'm, I'm an example person. Okay, so, so. Uh, let me give you an example. Okay. So, like, um, we are going to sign Wilson Contreras. He's our catcher for the next five years. He's our, he's our guy. He's going to be our catcher. And the Cardinals, they, they stated that when they, they signed him, and they have stuck... Yes, they, they they actually said he was going to be the DH and possibly play some outfield. And he but then, yeah, they, but, but when the, when he had that big meeting with them, they said, yeah, you're going to play some outfield. And as we've seen, as the Cardinals <laughs> stick to their their guns, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly. And, and as you guys know, like the 60 games before he got injured, Tommy Edmund was playing shortstop those games, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was their shorts. They're, they're he, everyday he was, shortstop. He was, no? He was playing center field. Oh. Well, okay. wait, wait, hold on a well, Dylan well, Carlson was their everyday center fielder. Where was he playing? He, he was watching. No, Lars games. Newbar was their everyday he, he, center he was fielder. Oh, yeah. right. okay. oh, they did say that Lars Newbar would be your no, everyday. No, you guys are messing but up. Because they cool said Jordan role. Walker okay. was going to be the everyday. And then because the, he dealt with adversity right. so well. And, and so yeah. he played every game this season, right? Okay. Well, 
Zach Thompson was going to come into the game when so you were trailing. Small, <laughs> small examples that were probably. Okay. Yeah, Zach Thompson, you're, you're, you're going to stretch out for the rest of 2023. You're going down to Memphis to stretch I, out. I mean, I guess that those are some games. big examples. Okay. I don't know. I mean, by the way, I said this to you guys in the group chat. I said this to you guys in the group chat. I have a proposal. So say that you do move on from Dylan Carlson. You do move on from Dylan Carlson. So... Problem solved. Wilson Contreras is your outfielder. Then you can keep Nolan Gorman because then he's your DH. Oh, no. You've got that figured out, Brooke. That's true. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Because well, uh, where's uh, Brendan Donovan going to play? They said play? that he's going to be an outfielder. Second base. He's got, he's got five gloves, right? he got to play in the outfield at some point. So does Tommy okay, Edmond. Well, Lars Newbar, Jordan Walker, for Alec field. Burleson. Okay, who, who did I have? I think you said Wilson Contreras. That's, 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 that's the center fielder. I mean, I know we want good defense up the middle. And he's, I mean, going from behind the plate to in center field, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's something similar. But I don't, I don't, I don't think the range is there. Here's Randy. the thing. To, get, to circle back to the question, do the Cardinals become buyers if they win a bunch? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hell yes. That's, that, is not, that is not where the the art of sarcasm is very strong in this room today. The, it, it is very because we're going to get some text messages from people like, "What? What are you guys talking about? You're drinking the Cardinals Kool Aid." No, not not whatsoever. We're we're having some fun here. It is. It will make it interesting, I think, to say the least. If the Cardinals do, does this kind of feel almost like September for the Cardinals in the it way does. of? Does it, it, it September Cardinals Cubs? It just it. This is what it's it feels important. like. Uh, and it is. Um, I answer your question. I do think if they go on and win this series, and that's what nine games in a row. If you if you sweep the series, let's say you win three out of four. You win three out of four. Now you're you you won eight. <laughs> I like that, Randy. You you've won eight of the nine games. And so now you're looking at a team that you're in third place or tied for third place with the with the Cubs at that point. You do have a chance and you also owe it to Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado to play your best players every single day if you have an opportunity to win. If you're 12 games out in on August 1st, yeah, it's a wrap. But if you are five, four or five games out, you owe it to those guys because they haven't won a championship and every single year is different. The notion that people say, oh, we'll wait till 2024. How in the hell do you know somebody's not going to tear their ACL in training or pop their Achilles in spring training or the first game of the year slide into a bag and dislocate their shoulder? Knock on wood. You don't want any of those things to happen, but you don't know if it could happen. So you do not wait a year when this year is right here in front of you. Mm -hmm. If you can get in, you get in and you see what the hell is going to happen. You don't wait. So if they have an opportunity, if they continue to play well, if they, it's a lot of ifs. Mm -hmm. If they win this series versus the Cubs and then go and win the series versus the Diamondbacks and you're presented with an opportunity to play the Cubs here a few games back of the division lead, you would be a, be doing a huge disservice to your future Hall of Famers at the corner infield spots to not push for a playoff spot, to not push for a playoff run, and to not push to win the division. You're exactly right. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy, and that's today's Rush Hour Reset. Coming up, we're going to talk some blues with Jeremy Rutherford here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Let's go to the celebrity line, shall we? Our Blues insider from The Athletic is Jeremy Rutherford, and he's standing by right now on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. JR, good morning. How you doing? Literally standing by, standing by, pumping some gas here. Yeah, baby, where are you? What, 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 what gas, well, let's see if we can get somebody to honk at you. What gas station are you at? Where are you? Uh, I'm at the Quick Trip here at uh, Merrimack Bottom Road. Let me see if I can get somebody to honk real loud. Yeah, just uh, all you need to do, so Quick Trip, Merrimack Bottom Road, if you are driving past, honk at Jeremy Rutherford. Just honk so that he can hear you honk. And so we just want to know how many people are listening at the Quick Trip at Merrimack Bottom Road and uh, – Somebody's going to honk at you. It's inevitable. <laughs> so if you're tuned into us and uh, now you're tuned into JR, honk at him. Uh, so JR, we're excited about where the Blues are headed here because Kerry Davis, he's found his new favorite player. I have. Has he? Yeah, Jeremy Biakabatuka, nephew oh, of there you Tim Biakabatuka, <laughs> who I enjoyed watching as a young lad, watching him at Michigan. Uh, tell us a little bit about Jeremy. Yeah, he's a guy who uh, was at development camp, and I remember seeing his name pop up a few times, one, because he was making some pretty good plays, Kerry, but also, uh, two, because of that last name, right? You don't mm-hmm. see Bianca Batuka too much on the back of a of a hockey sweater, and I remember at the time thinking, uh, you know, I wonder if he's related, then we found out yesterday when the Blues signed him uh, that, he, that he was, so I think that... Uh, you got an athlete. Like, look, you look across sports. Anytime you got that uh, gene in, in the family, it seems to to show up in a lot of different uh, people. So I think that uh, they're going to bring Jeremy in, who I said yesterday on the fast lane does spell his name incorrectly. Uh, he should spell it with a Y at the end. And, uh, instead, there's an IE. Uh, but I think he's going to he's going to add to the defensive depth here. And by the way, speaking of that, I'll have uh, a Blues 2023-24 depth chart coming out here shortly in about an hour or so at the Athletic, and uh, Jeremy Bianca Batuka is on that, as uh, are a lot of players who make up the Blues depth chart uh, moving into this year. So we've got Tim Bianca Batuka, we've got Jeremy Bianca Batuka, and now you tell us there's a gene in the family, too? <laughs> yeah, and his, uh, his, back's been, his back's been hurting, Randy. Oh, how, how, how long? How long, Jr. <laughs> About a week back. No! Been no. Well done, Jr. Well done, Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy, you and I are close. This is not okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Good job. Good job, everyone. Well done. Uh, I, I feel bamboozled right now, Jr. Uh, I, I feel fully bamboozled. Okay, I, I have a fun one for you, and I didn't realize this, but Jordan Bennington and Malcolm Subban are best friends? I know that uh, they've been friends for a while. I'm not sure in terms of the, the closeness, but if you've heard that uh, they're extremely close, I, I would understand that. And yeah. Malcolm Subban is PK's younger brother and has also been signed by the Blues, right? Right, and he will be the backup goaltender, which will be on the organizational depth chart here coming out soon, but he is the uh, the goaltender signed in Springfield to to make up the tandem with Vadim Zarenko. So with Joel Hofer coming up to uh, the Blues this year to be the backup to Jordan Bennington, it'll be Zarenko and Subban, Subban the 29-year-old, who's uh, bounced around a little bit but had some success, and I think he'll be a good partner for Zarenko. JR, is it safe to say that we are kind of done with all of the Blues offseason moves, or do you feel like there might be something else coming? You know, you have Alexi Torpchenko now signed, and then Oscar Sundquist coming in as well. Is this it for the Blues offseason, and how do you feel about it going into this season? 
Well, uh, Brookie, can I call you Brookie again? Yeah, uh, I think that I, guess. Uh, I, I think this, if this was year one or year two of Doug Armstrong, you know, with a general manager coming in and, and taking over a team and not knowing much about him, oh my goodness, we just had a diesel blow by here and lay on his horn. So, there we go. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yep. Hey, that wasn't meant to scare me, but oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I think uh, I think you have a situation where you never know with Doug Armstrong. You don't. Like if this was a you know, cookie cutter GM who comes in and, and you say, Okay, he's done, but with Doug Armstrong you just never know. Like we've had signings, big trades, everything happen as close to the season as September. So, you know, is there still a trade to be made with the defense? We don't know. But as you look at the situation right now, it it is a situation where it looks like the roster's full. You've got 23, 24 guys when you talk about uh, one-way deals, NHL deals, plus guys like Neighbors and Perinovich who you expect to be on the roster. So right now it's pretty loaded. They're a shade under the salary cap, about $300,000 with that 23-man roster. So and barring a trade, barring something unforeseen, but Doug is known for that, uh, I think you do have the roster, as we'll see it come opening night. JR, I was told Alexei Torpchenko is a name that is uh, intriguing to me. Do you think he's going to be a fourth liner? Do you, have, do you think he has the potential to move up in lines? Yeah, Kerry, I really like him. I think he's going to slide into that fourth line left wing spot. That's where they, they pencil him in. You could have a fourth line something now that looks like Torpchenko, uh, maybe a Sunquist, and then maybe uh, Sammy Blay, unless Sammy Blay plays higher up the lineup, which he's certainly capable of uh, for that fourth line. Torpchenko, he gets the contract. It's two years, $1.25 million AAV. They avoid arbitration. That's always a good thing, so you don't have to go in and talk bad about each other. <laughs> and I think that He's going to go in there, and this is going to be a great deal for him. Two years, he can prove himself. Uh, but in terms of can he slide up the lineup, I think he can, of course. I think we saw a couple occasions last year where he even went up to the top line and played a top six role. And, and maybe it's not sustainable for months and months, or you know, you don't pencil him to be that guy, uh, but I think he's capable of it. So he'll start out on that fourth line with plenty of room to move up if possible. And the reason I ask is because he's he was one of the people that was critical of the team's play last year. As a young player, you normally don't don't get that type of uh, voice, but he's a guy that I think has that leadership quality, which is why I, I'm asking about him as a, as, as a player and personally on this team. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about that a couple of days ago, Kerry, because his arbitration case was going to be the 20th. Is today the 20th? Uh, I think. Yep. Yes. I think, yeah. Yeah. So his arbitration case was going to be today. So I was trying to think of this case that the Blues are going to make against him because he's been pretty good, right? And what are they going to do? Go in the room and, and have their guy say, uh, he ripped our team to shreds <laughs> in a post game. Scrum, he ripped the team to shreds, so uh, I didn't know if that would be used against him or not. I, I think it's a good thing. I think, uh, you know, even though it was unexpected, I don't even know that he kind of really knew what he was doing that night in, in terms of how deep he went with, uh, you know, this is, you know, pond hockey out here. We need to, <laughs> to, to clean things up. So I think that with uh, Torepchenko, he does have those capabilities, and a lot of times you don't see that. And the, and the lower line guys, fourth line, uh, third defensive pair. I think we've seen it a little bit with Robert Bortuzzo over the years. So I think he's got that ability. Uh, I just wonder going forward, you know, if he'll be afraid to kind of do that after uh, the aftermath of what happened last time. Jr. One more thing, and that's in regards to the Blues Hall of Fame. And you and I are both voters for the Blues Hall of Fame. And I sure hope that. Emil Francis gets elected to the Blues Hall of Fame because I'm pretty convinced 
that this franchise would not be in St. Louis right now if it were not for Emil Francis sticking by the franchise after it was left at the doorstep of the NHL by Ralston Purina. They owned the team. They didn't have any desire to own it anymore. Didn't even have a draft in 1983. And Emil Francis really battled to keep that fran- this franchise, the Blues, here in St. Louis. A hundred percent. Emil Francis is a top five influential person in the Blues organization in its history. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He was uh, on my ballot this year. We'll see what it shakes out when they announce the, uh, the the nominees for this year's induction class. I mean, you could go on and on. You could talk about saving the Blues at the doorstep uh, after they were uh, left abandoned. You could talk about the drafting of Bernie Federko and Brian Sutter. When I wrote the book on Bernie Federko, uh, Emil Francis said, Bernie's my guy, drafted him, what, seventh or eighth in the NHL draft, and uh, he's the leading all-time games played point so on and so forth. So, so much uh, that Emil Francis has touched, and he is certainly deserving to be in this class. And I hope that, you know, we're going to start to get into a lot of the, the current players, you know, maybe 90s, 2000s, and recent Stanley Cup winners with this Hall of Fame induction class. And I hope before we get to those guys, Randy, that we get the deserving guys like Emil Francis into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know we have time because we've lost him, but I hope that the legacy of Pavel Dimitra is also recognized because he's really one of the all-time great Blues. And there's a lot of fans now because he was around here when the Blues won the President's Trophy in 2000. We're in 2023. There's a lot of people that aren't aware of what Pavel Dimitra did for this franchise. And I hope people can be reintroduced to his memory and his legacy can be preserved. Yeah, Randy, I've been co- I've been covering the team since 2005, but I was a Cub reporter, kind of helping with the coverage of the Post Dispatch before that. So I did get to see Pav play. You know, I was a Blues fan prior to that. What amazes me, and this is somebody who's there every day, is you, you remember how good he is, and you remember the highlights. But then you go back and you look at the career statistical leaders for the Blues franchise, and Demetra is right there, five, six, seven, eight in a lot of the categories that include the names that we talk about every single day. So he was a great player. What I'd like to see, and I know you can't really coordinate it, uh, but it'd be awesome to see Demetra and Kachuk go in at the same time. I would class. love I'd it. Love I'd love to be at the dinner where Keith Kachuk is up on the dais talking about his good friend, Pavel Dimitri. No doubt about it. Sorry that you got scared by that person honking the horn at you, but we just wanted, to, we wanted the listeners to participate in the show. Yeah, no, that was great. Just now i got to go change my pants. <laughs> <laughs> have, a, have a great day, my man. Take care. See you later. All right. All of them are out there listening. Thanks, guys. Yep, see you. That's Jeremy Rutherford. He's our Blues Insider from The Athletic here on 101 ESPN. Feeling good after, uh, evidently, uh, having a little bit of an issue with uh, the, the back. But uh, he's better. Oh, no. Better how, how, long, how long did you say? You oh, Carrie, about, about a week back. Okay. No. <laughs> that is too much. And JR getting on that? Yep. I cannot stand this. I'm so disappointed. Here's something that you would be able to stand is Dylan Cease wearing a Cardinal uniform. But is it even a possibility? We're going to talk about that next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Dylan Cease is discussed an awful lot, and I get it. I don't know how you trade him away. I know his season, after his terrific uh, season last year, uh, has been disappointing. His spin rate is down. His velo is a little bit down. But you got to believe it's not that far away from getting it back. And if you're the White Sox, you want to build around someone. I think Dylan Cease is your ace. Uh, you trade Lance Lynn, you trade Lucas Giolito, but I just cannot part ways with a talent like Dylan Cease. 
Dylan Cease is 27 years old. Last year, he set the all-time record for consecutive starts with one or zero runs allowed. That was 14. He finished second in the American League Cy Young Award voting last year when he went 14-8 and eight with a 2.20 earned run average. And as Greg Amzinger said... This year, he's only 4-3 and three with a 4.18. He has made 20 starts. He has thrown 107 and two-thirds innings, struck out 129, and walked 45. And there has been discussion of Dylan Cease perhaps being available from the White Sox, even though after this year, he'll still have two years of control left before he be- becomes a free agent. But Kerry had to leave because he's got a meeting. Brooke, I believe that Dylan Cease is the one guy that you dramatically overpay for. And this is the one guy right now, as I look at the prism of the trade deadline coming up on August 1st, he's the one guy that has been discussed as potentially being traded that if I were the Cardinals, I would be willing to give up Nolan Gorman for. And I think he's the only one. I think he's the only one, too. I think that it would have to be someone like Nolan Gorman to even get a pitcher like Dylan Cease. My question with Dylan Cease, because I keep hearing Greg mention this as well, where it doesn't seem like the White Sox would be willing to part with him. So is this trade rumor where we're seeing Dylan Cease out there, is this just kind of people trying to hope maybe that he will be traded or kind of like Paul Goldschmidt. Is this similar to Paul Goldschmidt where we know here there's no way that they were trading Paul Goldschmidt, mm-hmm. right? And it was just kind of rumors that spiraled. It's a great talking point. Is that what's going on with this whole Dylan Cease White Sox situation? Or are they really testing the waters behind the scenes and putting out in public they're not going to move him? This was supposed to be a really good year in Chicago with a new manager and kind of like the Cardinals, They've tanked. They're 40 and 57. The Cardinals are 43 and 53. And they were supposed to be, the the White Sox, a team that contended for the division. Tim Anderson is going to be a free agent. Yasmani Grandal has been uh, pretty much a a failure as a free agent signing there. Uh, They have some good things. But they have a lot of bad things, and their offense has really struggled. And they've got Giolito coming up on free agency. Lance Lynn, for much of the season, was the worst starting pitcher in all of baseball, although he has improved. Uh, and Kopech has not been what they thought he was going to be. He's had a 4.47 ERA. Clevenger signed to the as a free agent. He's been hurt most of the year. So it looks like a team that's going to have to be adjusted a lot, and the one guy that could bring a lot of parts back is Dylan Cease. I think that's why, because you could get two or three really good players for Dylan Cease, and then some ancillary parts as well, but I'm more inclined, if I'm the White Sox, to build around him and sign free agents and develop guys, and if there's somebody else out there to move for players to replace those guys, I, I would sooner move pretty much anybody on the roster rather than Dylan Cease. And that's where I'm starting to wonder. It seems like when it comes to getting a clear number one, number two starter, you're going to have to get it in free agency. Because if Dylan Cease isn't something that you're able to make this move happen right before the trade deadline, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have to go into free agency willing to pay a lot of money to find yourself, specifically a number one and two starter. Oh, by the way, everybody else is going to want that too. Yes, Everybody else, it's going to be a bidding war for Aaron Knowles. I mean, so many other starting pitchers out there. I think Nola is a $30 million a year pitcher, and it could easily go higher than that. Yes. I I think that he gets the 2015, at least, because we're eight years beyond the the Max Scherzer contract. And granted, Scherzer had won Cy Youngs and pitched in World Series. 
But Aaron Nola has pitched in the World Series, too. Hasn't won a Cy Young. Hasn't been the number one on his team. But he's going to be the best guy this year. And I think he gets a minimum of 210 over seven years. And probably more than that because of the money that Scherzer and Verlander got at 43 and a half. I, I can see that. So I don't know where the Cardinals go for a number one. I honestly, I have no idea if it's not going to be that guy. You have Two things. You have to be willing to overpay in terms of players if you're going to trade or financially if it's going to be a player that you are, uh, if if you're going to get him in free agency, you're going to have to pay an awful lot of money. And I, I look around and I wonder who's available. I mean, it, you aren't getting Chris Bassett from Toronto. You aren't getting Berea, uh, Berrios from Toronto. Luis Castillo is entrenched in Seattle. You've got Cease. You've got uh, Cole entrenched. You've got Zach Gallen entrenched. The best guys are not going anywhere. Lucas Giolito is going to be a free agent, but man, and he's been durable this year, but during the course of his career, for all the great stuff, he's kind of been like Jack Flaherty. Yes. And do you want to go back down that path when you're that's what you're trying to get away from and you're trying to get more durable guys yeah it, I feel like it needs to be more of a sure thing moving forward giving contracts to kind of like these middling guys is not something that you can do going into next season especially if you're saying that 2026 is too far away 2025 is far away it needs to be next season that you really make this push forward and not repeat what you had happened this season which once again had a lot to do with the starting pitching you have to figure out something there. Blake Snell, somebody texted this in. Blake yep. Snell is another name that keeps being brought up, but I haven't heard anything in regards of who he's being attached to name-wise. No, and you wonder if with all the money that the Padres have spent, if they're going to do everything they can to keep him around. But this is a guy that's pitched in a World Series. He's had a sensational run here in the last two or three months of this season, and he would be a great fit too. And he's another guy. He's kind of like Jordan Montgomery. The Cardinals, he wants to compete. He wants to pitch beyond 100 pitches. So if you're the Cardinals and you're interested in him, then I think one of the things that you need to do is assure him that he's going to be trusted. If if I'm Jordan Montgomery, I don't feel trusted by the Cardinals because they won't let me pitch beyond 100, 100 pitches. I think at some point, if you're if you're going to go after competitive guys, you have to assure them that you're going to allow them to compete. Somebody just texted and cease the Dylan cease for a Nolan Gorman conversation. You do not trade a homegrown left-handed power hitter, core player. Well, it's Dylan cease. And, and like I said, that's the one guy. When you can get a number one, number one, Dylan Cease is a guy that you start in game one of the playoffs and you have a great chance to win regardless of who your opponent is. That's You're talking about a Chris Carpenter-type talent with, mm-hmm. with Dylan Cease. That's what I think the Cardinals need, and especially because of— and I, I'm not anxious to get rid of Nolan Gorman. It's going to hurt to get that guy, but I feel like I have— Emerging power, perhaps, from Brendan Donovan. I feel like Newt Barr ha- is ascending. I feel like I have some left-handed pop, not Gorman-type pop, but I have some left-handed pop that's going to be in my lineup on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, it, it it's very interesting because you also think, too, if they would have approached this past offseason a little bit differently in regards to what they were fixating on, that maybe you wouldn't exactly be in this position of where you're concerned about losing a player like Nolan Gorman or having to trade him away. And, Brooke, this is another example, and this is 2020 hindsight, 
But it's not my job to evaluate what a player is going to be. It's their job to evaluate what a player is going to be. They evaluated Yvonne Herrera last year on, what, 25 at-bats at the Major mm-hmm. League level, and he was overwhelmed. and said, oh, my God, we need a catcher. Then they go out and spend $87.5 million for five years on a guy that nobody else was bidding on. And so, and they say, that's going to be your catcher. And here you are four months later, and Yvonne Herrera is better than that guy. And not offensively, but he's a better defensive catcher. And there looks for all the world like they're going to give him every opportunity to be that guy. So that's another problem that they run into. Missteps of last season, misevaluation of last season, yes. have forced you into having an $87.5 million DH that you can't get away from because nobody's going to trade for him, or a young DH that you can get premium value for. Exactly. And I hate the idea of giving up Nolan Gorman, but you might be in a position you can't put you can't have Wilson Contreras as a bench player. Optics-wise, no. you just can't do it. You can. And also, you're paying him uh, quite a bit. Those are and the also optics. An- <laughs> that's the optics. And also, another situation of where you worry about your track record with free agency and bringing players in, yeah. because that's going to continue to affect free agency moving forward. Coming up on 101 ESPN is rock and roll. Matthew Rocchio will have uh, some cool topics for us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Hey, don't forget, you can uh, meet Brooke this afternoon at the Prestige Pools and Spas Huge Hot Tub and Swim Spa Tent Sale. She'll be out at the main event, near the main event, at the District in Chesterfield. Between 4 and 6, head to the tent sale. Take advantage of the biggest discounts Prestige Pools and Spas has ever offered. Check it out today. Brooke Grimsley, right here now. But from 4 to 6 at the Pool and Spa Tent Sale brought to you by Prestige Pools in Chesterfield at the District. Have a great time. I'm going to have a fantastic time, and I hope somebody comes out and buys a pool. That'd be cool. Buy a pool. Or a hot tub. There you go. Uh, Matthew, what do you got for us? I need to get into something that Brooke Grimsley uh, put on Twitter yesterday. Oh, you my because, government yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to you, I mean, I'm pretty sure people... I know, but I'm so used to people dying. times a day. I know, but I don't know if we give full names all the time, sometimes in the intros. All right, Grimmer. Um, So Grimmer Grimmer decided to throw out some some Twitter controversy yesterday, and it was kind of piggybacking (laughs) off a a little bit off of a hill to die on. Mine was a little bit more extreme, as I usually do it. But you essentially threw out what condiments do you put on a hot dog? Because yesterday was National Hot Dog Day. Yes. And the question of whether or not you put ketchup on and why you don't put ketchup on your hot dog got really heated. And I think you discovered, Brooke, why I'm so angry at Chicago hot dogs. I, I, I am starting to understand a little bit more. I did not understand how upset people get about is, ketchup on hot dogs. This is a Yankee thing, apparently, Randy. I, I said a Midwest um, thing. I didn't say a Yankee thing. No, because New York's all about it, too. I, it's all, I, New York's oh, all really? about it. New oh, York okay. is no ketchup. It's it's mustard. To me, onions. No to me, I, I, okay, I will say I'm not it's like a, a hot thing. dog connoisseur, but whenever I go to a ballpark growing up and just throughout my life, there's always ketchup and mustard by the hot dog stand. And I assume that most people and look, I know everybody has their pick of condiments. I didn't realize that ketchup was such a sensitive subject. So we had hot dogs brought into the station yesterday for National Hot Dog Day. And Rock and I were talking with some people. I got told that I was a child, Mm -hmm. basically, because I put ketchup on my hot dog. Let me start here. 
If you go to any hot dog cart in New York City, any hot dog cart, and order a hot dog, all you need to do is Google it, but if you've been there, you know, every single one of them has ketchup. Every single one has ketchup. There is not a hot dog cart in New York that does not have ketchup available as a condiment for a hot dog. And, and I all these sell that, hot dogs. Yeah, and I understand that in Chicago, there's a lot that's happening with the hot dog, right? It, it's very fancy. And so maybe, it, is it like a steak where they tell you, like, oh, you don't need steak sauce for the steak? Is that how they feel about their hot dogs in Chicago? They can't explain it. I even asked somebody, <laughs> some, somebody got on, your, on the Twitter and was like, if you put, you can put ketchup on fries, but if you put ketchup on a hot dog, you're a child. And I'm like, I need you to break down the logic for me really quick about what about a hot dog is so adult as opposed to a French fry. <laughs> that if you put hot th- uh, ketchup on one, you're a child. You put ketchup on another, you're just a fine adult living living life in America. And who Explain to me the logic here. Who are you to determine what I like to eat? Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I put ketchup on hot dogs. Oh, and when we had the hot dogs yesterday, Randy, I'm telling you, in front of the people who mm-hmm. were angry about the ketchup, I said, look at this. And then I just put a bunch of ketchup on my Atta hot girl. dog. Just a ton, I'm, right in front of them. I'm pleased. I'm, I'm very happy. Speaking of still not understanding what the big deal is, 314 text in, Brooke, at least you don't eat mac and cheese with a spoon. I don't. I still, well I still do not get how that became a thing on this show. That was such a big deal that sometimes I use a spoon to eat mac and cheese. I had mac and cheese from Podbelly the other day. I put, I put it on my Twitter for you guys to see. I ate that mac and cheese with a spoon because it's very gooey You're mac and child. cheese. There, there, was, there was liquid at the bottom, Randy, and I had to get at it. Come on. Have okay. some, come, please? Mm. No. No. <laughs> All right, fine. Go, go to Salt and Smoke, okay? Oh, Order yes. the most glorious mac too. and cheese that you'll ever have. Yeah. And then ask them for a spoon, and they'll kick you out. They, uh, they do, in fact, serve with a fork. I had that on, uh, like, Saturday or Sunday. And it, it, but it's very crunchy, Randy. It's got, the, it's got the crunchy bits to it. And so that's why you need a fork. I can't keep doing this. Uh, okay. no. Keep doing this. Put ketchup on your hot dogs. Eat mac and cheese with whichever utensil you want. Try a knife. I'm not going to judge you for that. I, I might judge you. I'm not going to okay. be judgy judger. Uh, even for people that are some that do something that I would never do, and that's put ketchup on eggs. I'll put ketchup on eggs. I'll put salsa on eggs, but not I'll ketchup. Put salsa, hot sauce. I'm a big hot sauce on eggs, gal. Yep. Now here's uh, Chris is uh, watching us on YouTube at. Uh, 101 ESPN STL. He says, I'm 57 and put ketchup, mustard, and relish on a hot dog. Chris, thank you very much for being a normal human this, being. That's this, delicious. And that's a, this, and to me, that's a perfect hot dog where it has relish, ketchup, and mustard. The combination of the sweet and tangy is just, it's fantastic. This this 314 text, I hope, I hope you're seven years old because... Santa must be a big part of your life still. Most Chicago dogs will not allow you to put ketchup on the hot dog. The ketchup disguises the flavor while mustard enhances the taste. That's wrong. Bite go, me. Go to, again, <laughs> go to any hot dog store in Chicago that sells Chicago-style hot dogs. And they'll and have ketchup, They right? have ketchup there. And I know, anyway. and I've heard that they will get upset with you about it, but who cares? Yeah. You paid yeah. for it. What's the place? There's a place, uh, 141 and Olive, a hot dog place. Uh, it's a Chicago hot dog place. They have ketchup there. Woofies has ketchup. So come on, people. Yeah. Get with so, the somebody texts in and goes, I went to a wrestling week with my father, with my uncle in New York, and I ordered a hot dog. I told him I wanted ketchup, and he said, quote, unquote, no nephew of mine puts ketchup on a hot dog. People, and, that's, and that's the thing. People get serious about this. Like yesterday, you know, I'm trying to still get to know everybody here in the office. Mm-hmm. I might have, like, caused some division with my... <laughs> 
thoughts on ketchup and hot dogs. I, I was kind of pitting people against each other. Don't worry, they won't be here long. I'm going to find out who they are. <laughs> these, these people gonna, are I'm going to play my, my vet. Yeah, they are. Some, some guy saying here, he goes, it, it's childish because your parents would cut up and put ketchup on your on your hot dog when you were a little kid. He goes, they cut you, up he everything. Goes, he goes, kids don't like mustard because mustard is too sweet. My friend, what kind of mustard are you eating that yeah. is sweeter than ketchup? You got the wrong mustard, my dude. Here's somebody that says no ketchup on burgers. What? What? That's pretty foolish. Hey, by the way, have you ever been to uh, Bailey's Range? Had a great yes. burger last night at Bailey's no, Range. On Fantastic. It was terrific. It was my son's birthday. We went there. and uh, with the Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I had uh, ketchup and mayo on my burger, and it was delicious. Somebody said, is this the new pineapple doesn't belong on pizza? And I love pineapple on pizza. I do too, Brooke. Pineapple Canadian we, bacon, it's a Hawaiian pizza, and it's great. We have great taste. We do. We have yeah. great taste. Yeah, we got it figured out. So, What's wrong, man? We lost some music, and now you're saying, oh, no. <laughs> uh, the music was on purpose. The I went to go get uh, our, our ending show drops, and, and the computer's mad at me now. Okay. Uh, can I go back to, let me see if I still have the one. Uh, somebody said I have a big ego, which is not wrong, but I want to uh, give you my response. Well, because they said specifically something about you saying that the UK has a big ego. Yeah. And they said, well, Randy, what about you when you play like the 10 different sounds when you win the fight? Yeah. And I said, I, I responded and said that, yes, indeed, I do have a massive ego, but I would never deign to just call our show the show. <laughs> Because there are a lot of other shows. There's a U.S. Open. There's an Australian Open. Mm-hmm. There's a Dubai Open. I'm, I'm not just going to call our show the show like they say the Open. Yeah. It's a, they've got a tremendous ego. Now, do I have a tremendous ego? Yes. Am I highly competitive? Yes. Do I have a temper when I lose? Yes. Those are all good qualities. But <laughs> don't te- don't text in to our text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-Yo! Don't text in and tell me something I don't already know. I already know all of those things. And I'm going to win a friendly award someday. I'm going to, I'm going to get a sash that Just says friendly. Friendliest. Just like Greg Amplinger did. <laughs> uh, thank you to our uh, producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Great job. Pleasure. Uh, thank you to Kerry Davis, who will be back with us tomorrow. He, did, he had a meeting. Brooke, great work as always. Yes. And we got a great chuckle out of you looking right into the camera during the show. Oh, that, yeah. I, I broke the fourth wall. So <laughs> you can go back on the tube and see that. Join us on YouTube tomorrow as well. For all of us, thanks for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Balloon Party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.